Hi guys, I'm Danny and this is Black Chick Lit. This is the second half of our discussion of Addicted by Zane. I did want to offer the content warnings that we offered at the first half of the episode. We will be discussing rape, sexual assault, uh, things like that, molestation. So I just wanted to make you all aware just in case that wasn't something you wanted to listen to. So without further ado, here's part two. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I don't know. Because <laughs> I was just looking through it again. It's like how much it broke me. What? I think we were hitting the zoo part. We're, oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. I got a Gatorade so I can stay hydrated. <laughs> this is... Because you try to kill me. I don't know you if we are should release, to kill me. I don't know if we should release this in two parts. It is like Maybe a, we should. Because <laughs> this is long as fuck and we're only like halfway through the Like this is the first ever <laughs> dual episode. Because I'm just looking at all the things I have to say and I don't want to skip over them. But I also feel like we can't ask people to sit here for four hours. I think we should do two parts. Okay. Because like, you know, I got some... Um, so I, w- I have been very, very sick. Um, and so my husband, my beautiful, wonderful husband, got, like, um, this, like, huge case of Gatorade <laughs> to rehydrate us. Aw. And so I'm drinking a Gatorade now because I was, like, I got up, I went to the bathroom, I was, like, I'm drunk. Say, <laughs> so you got me drunk. No, Molly, you got me drunk. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be sipping Gatorade for a little while, and yeah. I think I think you know what you know what. Let's say this is the start of our second our of the second episode. We're gonna be a little saner, yeah. We're gonna be because now now shit starts getting weird and real <laughs> and real. <laughs> um, I did want to say before this is my favorite line of the book. A shine. It, it relates back to the nacho cheese. I'm a little late saying this, but I didn't know how to fit it into the conversation. Go ahead. She's talking about how, like, I guess she wants to, like, I don't know what the context is because it's on Goodreads and it's just a quote by itself. And it says, after sucking his dick with nacho cheese on it, among other things, shyness was no longer an option. And if nothing else sums up this book, that quote does. So I made a really disgusting noise snorting (laughs) noise right then. And I really want you to, like, edit that out because I had taken like a huge sip of Gatorade <laughs> and I, I'm telling you I have your your notes open because a lot of the things that you highlighted are what I highlighted but you added like hilarious commentary <laughs> and you just said I imagine it wouldn't be <laughs> because I am and I swear to God Danielle I almost laughed so hard that I like spewed this um what is this um Gatorade Gatorade frost glacier freeze all over everything and ruin the whole episode so i just want you i will know. edit that out i just i just wanted to put that out there because it's just like yeah yeah Zoe, I you can, can imagine. leave it in that's fine that's fine because <laughs> because i would imagine it would be i would imagine after you suck nacho cheese sauce off of somebody <laughs> that that, you, that shyness you yeah. know you're close at that, but it's an intimacy. Yeah. It's intimacy. Now, maybe if the nacho cheese hadn't been there, you know, maybe. But it was. <sighs> the nacho cheese is really, I feel like, and you know, so you said you wanted to, and I don't know. So Danielle, BC, um, Black Chicklet, uh, BCL, backstory, Danielle does all the editing, and she's totally amazing at it, totally self-taught. Like, she's really, really good, and it's like, 
a mystery to me, magic, like algebra <laughs> for me. Um, so I don't know how much you're going to keep in of like our whole little break there. But she suggested that we split this into two pieces. And um, I was like, yeah, because this episode is really long and we haven't even really hit the crazy parts yet. Yeah. And, and I don't like, want to skip over it either. I don't want to. Like, I really want to take this beat by beat because this book like broke me. And it's like raining super hard here. It never rains in um, L.A. And I just go back to the start of the book where she's like droplets of rain cascaded <laughs> down the window panes and someone's merely a figment of the imagination. So that's what it looks like here now. Um, but I just, I, you know, I don't know how much you're going to keep in, but I, I feel like this is a natural turning point in the book. Yes, because things go crazy. Things go wild. So, um, hold on. I got, I'm trying to figure out. So we stopped... They just had sex in front of the mural yes. with the older lady staring down at them. Yes. His, not just the older lady, his mother. His, his, possibly his, his mother. His, his mother who committed suicide. We did also forget, I think at this point, she, before we get to the real, this is the, probably the realness. So after that, at some point, she leaves and comes back. And I think she says, and I think she wants... I'm trying to explain this because Zoe does this a lot where she goes in and she interacts with people and she wants them to do one thing. And then when they do that, she gets all offended. So she has these multiple instances where she's a kid where she goes over to um, like Jason's house and Jason's like, are you just here to try and make out with me? And when he says that she gets all offended, even though she acknowledged previously, I had Mm -hmm. only come over to make out with him. Mm -hmm. She does a similar thing with Quentin where she like comes over for sex and he's like, you're here for sex. Right. And she gets all offended. She's like, Oh, I'm not. And she turns and walks out. And then he sort of holds her down and sort of forces her at some point. Yeah. So this is the first of the really problematic scenes. Yeah. So she leaves, and I think I highlighted this, but this was the first time I was like, oh, shit. She she starts to leave, and she's, like, going down the steps, and I wasn't sure if she was still in his apartment or, like, because on the floor that he's at, it's, like, him and Diamond, and they're the yes. only two on the floor of mm-hmm. these, like, lofts, basically. Mm-hmm. And he, like, throws her down on the steps and, like, has sex with her. Yeah. And I'm like, this is very, very close to rape. Like, this is, this is right at rape because it seems like she does not want this at all. And it's out in public and it's kind of like. And the book is so poorly written because, again, she's been manipulative. She does these things where she says one thing and then the opposite happens and she's secretly happy about it. But so she comes over, she explicitly says she's going over to get sex. He says, you're here for sex. She pretends to be offended and then they have sex, but she does attempt to leave. So it's kind of gross because mm-hmm. it's like she never explicitly says he just sort of throws her down and starts having sex with her. And this happens a lot in this book where this people will just put her down and start having sex with her. There are like two scenes in particular. So this and a scene later with, um, who's the mechanic? Tyson. What's his name? Tyson. And, and then, the, and then Quentin at the end. Oh, well, okay. So I kind of <laughs> think of like three that levels thing. of this. Things that are clearly consensual. Things that are kind of like in the middle where it was like, okay, I'm putting myself in 1998 shoes. 
2019 Molly would be like, this is rape. There's no consent here. You know, if I'm like less inclined, less in tune, I'd be like, eh, I don't know. And then um, just clearly violent rape. Like these are the kind of three levels that I'm thinking. And so there are two scenes. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I was going to say, I think this is, for me, this is the only one where there's any kind of, like, deniability. Because she doesn't actively push him away. She's not actively saying, I don't, I mean, I, I sound really gross oh, as I'm saying see, this. But, you know, I thought I thought the scene, too, with um, the mechanic guy, where she first goes over and she puts him rape. over the cans. Well, yeah, I, but I thought that this one was rape, too. Yeah, I do see, this one, too. But there's, this like, one. so little detail. What chapter is this? this in because i'm like is, oh my god I don't, i'm sorry chapter I just, 15 i so i'm in chapter i'm i've been kind of following along with my middle notes i've been i'm in chapter 15 too i wrote what about the lasagna in the margins <laughs> and i don't know what that's in reference to. oh he made her lasagna <laughs> he kept he he opened the door and he's like wearing an apron and he's like i got a lasagna in the oven well, I guess that lasagna never comes up. And my fucking half Italian ass was like, but what about that fucking Italian? Like that lasagna? Because I remember making lasagna and that fucking shit is, it's involved. It's and I was like, what about the lasagna though? And then later, um, he carried me up the steps, flung me down on his queen size waterbed. And this is another waterbed. line. This is another line that broke me. Queen sized waterbed queen size waterbed and again i'm not going to go into too much again like with the mural but i'm just going to say there are two things that bother me queen size and waterbed first of all (laughs) waterbed like water i don't know if you've ever like probably our older listeners have laid in a waterbed before my cousin had one it was extremely uncomfortable it was not it sprung a leak it like ruined the, the hardwood floor it was terrible it was like a tragedy in our household, <laughs> this waterbed. I think and my then uncle qu- had one. Right? It's never like what you, it's, it, it's, it's just a tragedy. A waterbed is just a tragedy. Like but waiting to happen. they were super popular in the 80s and 90s. They were I do super know that. popular. They yeah. were super popular. But like when you really think about it, it was just a bad idea. It it's was. just a bad idea all over. <laughs> um and then queen sized because it's supposed to again, again we're thinking about like what's the height of like luxury. sensuality, luxury, like what's so out of if I'm thinking I'm a housewife in '98, my <laughs> husband basically is a Jason. I'm trying to imagine like the most erotic thing that I could think of, and it's like does a queen sized waterbed <laughs> is that what comes to mind? Like he can't even get a king. He cannot even get a king size bed. It's a, and that she points it out that it's a queen size water bed. Yeah, don't Do even they, include it. Don't even include it, Zane. Just drop that detail. Just say he threw me down on his water bed. And just he threw me down. Just on his he bed. threw me down on the bed. He threw me down on the bed. Do they make king size water beds? I don't know. I think Has they anyone- do. They have to. I feel like waterbeds in the 80s and 90s were shorthand for, like, your sex lounge. Right? And then you think queen size. And it's like, we don't have a queen size, but we have a king size bed. Because we are two adult-ass people. (laughs) And it's like, I'm trying to, I'm really trying to think. I'm really, I'm really struggling with this, Danielle. A queen (laughs) size waterbed. Like, it's it's so much detail in a sentence that it kind of, like, 
distracts you from everything else that's happening in the book. And this well, is what's happening to me. Yeah. And I think we touched on that. Like the details are its detriment because one, they're distracting. And two, they raise questions that she probably didn't mean to be raised. Like the peanut butter drinking Kool-Aid out of a peanut butter jar. Is mm-hmm. that shorthand? Should I, is that a reference should I, I should know? Because I was Again, like, is this a thing? We drank out of jelly jars. <laughs> Jelly jars are glass. Yes. Peanut butter jars are plastic. And they usually have a disgusting film of peanut butter in them. <laughs> Is this a whole new level? A level? Because pe- plastic is like a porous substance. So the peanut butter oils get into, into the peanut butter jar and you can't ever taste anything but peanut butter. Okay. So okay, I'm sorry. We gotta Go ahead. move ahead because we're gonna get to the zoo. So I believe <laughs> at this point we are still in her flashback. This is what I touched on the confusion. We're still in her flashback because she. I and just Brina, like to point out that I just wrote no. I know, I know. You wrote just no on a lot of things. <laughs> so we are still in her flashback because she and Brina go to a club called the Zoo, and this club sounds terrible. This club has cages with dancers in them, as well as live animals, including a silverback gorilla. And I'm like, what the hell? First of all, you know that thing's flinging poop at people. And it stinks. It probably smells like a zoo. I've never once been in a club and you're like, you know what would make this better? A marsupial. Or like a live animal exhibit. It's just... She says... Because I... This is another line. This is another breaking point for me. And I feel like all the breaking points are in the middle. The whole book is is a breaking point. The book broke me. I'm just going to say that. I was a bit tipsy. Okay. I was tore the fuck up. I started (laughs) looking around the club and decided it was a bad ass club. They had these cages with scantily clad dancers in them, both male and female. And they had live animals such as birds, raccoons, koala bears and even a silverback gorilla all locked up in cages so i want to okay let's go into some some like line by line analysis of this line because let me start with the obvious at the she says these she starts a sentence with these had cages and ends up with all locked up in cages (laughs) i didn't even notice that and that bothered me. That bothered me. I was she, on the uh-huh, selection of animals. I was I was there too. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Daniel. Go Raccoons, ahead. I can see that in any alley in St. Louis. I literally <laughs> I'm gonna take a picture of this and send it to you. I'm gonna send it to you during text message because this is another line. This is another line that like broke me because raccoons have rabies. Think of a sexy, sexy animal. animal. <laughs> Think of a sexy animal, Danielle. Think of a sexy animal. Does raccoon even enter your top 200? <laughs> I just texted you this to let you know that I'm not kidding, that I underlined the word raccoon, and then what the <laughs> hell? Raccoons. Raccoons. It's just, it's like we're building this case on how, like, to its details, it is baked in it is the unsexiest thing when i think raccoons you know what i think of rabies rabies digging through the trash killing your dog or cat 
attacking small children. I do. I got the text so sexy because... What did you say? So sexy because they're in danger. <laughs> okay, well that is with the <laughs> gorilla. <laughs> That's with the gorillas, the silverback gorilla. Because one of our um our very first like away from home date, me and my husband, we went to the San Diego Zoo, and there was a silverback gorilla. We thought we were going to see him. He came out. He was like all majestic and shit. And they're like these shits are endangered. I don't know if they're endangered, but I feel like they were saying. And so when I read this line, because I was really, this is like word by word. I highlighted raccoon and I wrote, what the fuck? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> and then I got to silverback gorilla and I read it out loud to him. And he said, he said, they're so sexy because they're endangered. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to write that down so I can make sure that I can put it. Oh my God, he's behind me. I'm going to make sure that I <laughs> write this down so I can put it. On the po- so I can say it on the podcast because that made me laugh so hard I said I had to stop reading for the day. But th- it's just think about it. Think can about you imagine it. walking into a club where they have raccoons in cages. I would turn around and get the fuck out because I'm like I don't know what's happening in here, but I don't want a part of it. They had raccoons, and you're kind of like okay, like okay. Here's here's another story. Here's another Missouri story <laughs> for you guys. One time, my. Maybe it's my grandma. I can't remember. But we um, we were bringing, so my aunt, my, my great aunt, who I have share a name with, totally loud. She's like my grandma. We were, my cousin and I were bringing a package to her. Like my mm-hmm. grandma, we were like, just one of those Saturdays where you're driving around with your grandma and she's like, we got to stop at your aunt's house. We got to drop off this package of meat to her. And so we're like driving around. And so she's like, bring this package of meat up to your aunt, up to your great aunt's house. You're like, okay. We get out of the car. We take the package, butcher paper, everything you can imagine. We get out of the car. We get in the car. We get in the elevator. And um, I'm holding the package. This is like such an explicit memory for me. We're holding the package, and um, my cousin and I are going up the elevator, and then just a paw falls out of the package. <gasps> oh, no. Just a paw. Just a paw, Danielle. And no. <laughs> we start screaming. There was, like, an old man because she lived in, like, the, the old folks, like, assisted living, you know, yes. home. We're like screaming at the top of our lungs. When we get back, we tell my grandma, I was like, there's a fucking paw in there. What the fuck? <laughs> she's like, well, that's a coon, you know? Because, like, we as black people, we have a tradition of eating whatever we could get our hands off, making exactly. delicacies. You know, people want to copy us, they want our rhythm, but not our blues, all this stuff. And so she was telling us, and my, my dad still to this day says, you know, um, how they would eat. They called them coon instead of raccoons and the resisti- mm-hmm. the distinction. You probably know because it's a Missouri thing. Yes. My <laughs> husband's looking at me. He's seen us and he's just like, the fuck are you talking about? Yes. You would eat coon because they were like cleaner because they went to the river and washed their faces. <laughs> <laughs> and raccoons so, are clean. They wash their food before they eat it. They wash their food, right? 
And so they said that you would leave the paw. You would skin the wrestling animal, but you would leave the paw so you would know it was a raccoon and not a dog. Oh, right? oh, 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 I didn't need that. <laughs> so my dad would say, well, why would you be eating meat from someone who you thought might give you a dog? <laughs> Which I thought was a fair question. But so when I read raccoons in cages, Daniel, I thought, this is what I thought of. This is, And it took me so far outside of the realm of sexy-ass club in Atlanta in the 90s to, like, being on the elevator. I just right. pictured a zoo. A zoo. Because you know those animals are pooping in those cages and you're sitting here trying to drink and get your dance on and you've got a gorilla shooting in its cage six feet away from you you. have a gorilla that was so that was raccoon that was my whole missouri (laughs) ass side happening but then which i appreciate then you get and please tell me you know raccoon it's a thing um then you get to the gorilla and it's not just any gorilla. It's a silverback gorilla, which are fucking huge animals. They're huge. They're big ass, strong animals. And he's just in a cage in this club. And he's probably like, what the fuck is happening? Why am I in this club? It's just, it's just, just I feel like we're going to keep saying it. This book is not sexy. There's nothing sexy about this book. And the more details you pay attention to, the more, like, I can't picture... I keep thinking about the cover of your book sometimes. Like, read it with a lover nearby. And it's like, for what? So I can, like, so I can heal me after I'm broken? Like, what? <laughs> like, what? Because it's not because I'm going to need them for anything else. Like, you're not getting turned on reading this book. You're not no. even in a sexy mood. I no. don't feel good after finishing this book. No. I feel really disturbed. I feel, I feel really... I have so many questions. Like, if you... I just... Dear listener, if anyone is still listening to us, I really want <laughs> you to think of walking into a club, walking into a club that you have waited an hour, an hour to get in, and you see a cage full of raccoons, <laughs> and you see a cage with a silverback gorilla, and I want you to think, this is a place where I feel safe to get drunk. Exactly. Like, oh my gosh. A silverback gorilla. When we saw that gorilla at the San Diego Zoo, he came out. He was like beating his chest. He was so angry. He was like throwing himself. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I'm so glad there is glass between me and this gorilla because this gorilla would fuck me up if he could get out. Rip your face off. Rip my face off. And yes. I just, I just, so I, like I could the, spend all day talking about the zoo club. One last thing I want to say, like, this is, this just really highlights, like, the insanity of, like, the, some of the descriptions that she has. Like, we talked a little bit earlier, like, Commodore, peanut butter jar. <laughs> I don't know if we talked about, like, the politician shaking the person's hand that was on the, like, just hyperly specific examples that like distracts so much from the story. It's but, so, have, but then when you need the details, they're not they're there. not there. Like so, that example, we weren't sure mm-hmm. if it was rapey because the scene was only half described. Mm-hmm. Live so, animals such as birds, raccoons, <laughs> koala bears, and even a silverback gorilla. gorilla. I could not get past that. I'm like, and you know it's that just club like, Yes, I didn't even think about the stink when you said it, but it's like now all I can think about is how bad that club smells. The club smells like a zoo. It smells like the primate house at the zoo. And you used to work at a zoo. 
I did used to work at a zoo. And we had a private uh, exhibit that closed out, and that shit stank. It does. So it's at this stinky club where she meets Tyson and Brina meets Dempsey. Yes. Fitting. (laughs) So she meets Tyson and she's just like, I don't know why she's attracted to him. That's another thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Can I just say like. Go ahead. (laughs) I don't know why, but on the next page I highlighted every time she said ass. It is too many. Oh, she does. (laughs) She let's talk about. This. She refers to people in really funny ways. Women are always skank ass or hoochies. My the club had wall to wall fine ass men in it. My ass had no business looking. <laughs> um, him and his pearly white smile, his dimples and a round muscular ass. I imagine his ass. It's like ass, 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 ass. ass, ass, ass. I think On it's page one sixty. 160- <laughs> It is. I, I won't go into a tangent on this because it would take us way off. But that song confused me in college. But yeah. But she said on one one sixty three. She says she says ass a lot, and I, for whatever reason, highlighted every time she or circled every time she did. <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. Yes. So, but yeah. So the ass she's talking about is Tyson's, and so that was the thing I was going to think about. We don't know why she's attracted to... I mean, she says they're attractive. They're fine. At one point, she goes, damn, it's so weird. She talks like a 16-year-old. But, like, we hear that these people are attractive, but we don't know why she's attracted to them. And I don't know if anyone else understands the distinction I'm trying to make, but just because someone is good-looking, it doesn't explain why she feels like... She picks this... We learn that Tyson is lady laser, kind of crazy, He's a crazy sociopath. I don't know how she misses the psycho vibes he's given off, but like she, she's drawn to him. And I think, does she go the next day or is it that afternoon, that evening? No, that's pretty soon. It's, she gives her her number. She throws it away. She goes back in the trash, digs it out. And it's one day when she's mad at, Oh, I remember. She's like, I'm married, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, and he's like, well, give me a chance. Anyway, and he writes his number on a matchbook and she throws it out. But before she leaves the parking lot, she digs it out of the trash mm-hmm. later. Jason, again, is just, as she says, he has a scrumptious dick, but he doesn't know what to do with it. That's an exact quote from this book. Um, and then she's she comes, she goes to Quentin's house, and Quentin is having sex with Diamond. Mm-hmm. And it pisses her off, mm-hmm. even though she's doing the exact same thing. Yeah. So, so she leaves, and she goes to Tyson. And she goes to have sex with Tyson. And Tyson, as creepy as Quentin was, Tyson gave off all sorts of, Stay away vibes. I there do want to say that I just everywhere. wrote in the margin, but she has a husband? Question mark. <laughs> right. Oh, sorry, she's ahead. so mad at she's so mad at Quentin for cheating on her, but and then she goes home to her husband. <laughs> it's, it's so wild. But so she goes to have Tyson, and this is where the problematic. At one point, this is the one where it's definitely rape. She's mm. like, I think she goes down on him. And she gives him, oh, did we or talk? he goes oh. down on her, mm-hmm. and she wants to leave, and he says, sure, I'll stop when I'm done. I tried yeah. to get up, but he was too strong and forced me to stay bent over while he stuck his dick in my pussy from behind. That is rape. That's not yeah. sexy. That's no, not erotic. There was <laughs> nothing sexy about literally any scene with, um, uh, what's this guy's name? Tyson. He's, Tyson. He's the worst. He's dangerous, he, and he gives off a very creepy vibe. He is the second worst of this book. <laughs> but he is he is also the worst. 
uh, because it's like every scene they have is just like the whole time I'm like cringing. I'm like, this is so gross. This is so right. Like this is, this is not good. Yes. He hits women. His ex shows up at one point mm-hmm. and she's talking about like how he was in jail for hitting her. And it's like, oh my God. Yeah. He's, he's a problem. And he's like, he's, he's extreme. the worst. Yeah. He's the worst. Like, so when she first shows up, I highlight this part. She says, um, he was wet barefoot and in a pair of jeans only. I was flattered he had gone through the trouble of taking a shower before I showed up. And I wrote, <laughs> she has extremely low expectations. <laughs> and it's I like, it too. I was like, I hope he would shower. I, you know, because he's a mechanic. Like he, She constantly says how he's covered in grease. <laughs> so it was like the very least thing he could do was respect her boundaries which he doesn't do and then he second do from that. that take a shower which i guess he does so she's like <laughs> down 50 percent is still an f i'm not even down because she kind of she kind of says i'm not into it she says over and over and over again with every scene with him i'm not into it i don't like it I, i'm not into this like over and over and over again mm-hmm. and he ignores it and he ignores it he does what he wants i even wrote i wrote in this i one seventy, I wrote. Sad. This is rape. It is well because this is the thing. The book never treats it. It does no. not. The book deals with these very heavy themes. We'll get into it later of like molestation and assault, and it never treats these topics with like any of the respect they deserve. Because at first, she sort of hints that like they have rough sex. Like yeah. there was a hilarious scene where she tells him to rip off his underwear, and she <laughs> describes how he struggles to do so. And I just found that kind of funny. But like. There's a very big difference between like, you know, just like yeah. set and raping somebody. And the yeah, book she says, does not she seem to get it. Does not seem to get it. She, she says, stop. I don't like it. I don't want this. Like, um, you know, she's saying how it hurt him and all this or how it hurt her. Like over and over again, she says, Tyson, stop. Don't do this. I don't like it. I don't want it. And it's just... I don't know, like Tyson for me as a character, even though Quentin turns out to be like the supreme like, <laughs> freakazoid, like Tyson to me was like the most, I don't know, if, like I said, problematic because it's kind of like she's always explaining away his behavior. Like she says, like, uh, there's this scene, 178, where is rape? Like what happens is she's saying no, 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 no. And he continues to have sex with her. And she says that because her body has a physical reaction to it, it's fine. And this is what I was kind of getting at. And if we split this, these two episodes up, episode one, the beginning with our little like disclaimer, it's kind of like, this isn't fun. This isn't sexy. Like, this is just, it's not, it's just, just gross and upsetting. And again, it makes me wonder, like, the more I think about it, the more I'm confused as to, like, why was this book written? If you market something as an erotica, I'm thinking, I'm going to read this and I'm going to have, like, a good time. Uh Like, I don't mean it. Like, But, like, I should read it and I should get some kind of satisfaction out of it. But it's not written that way. It's written to, like, kind of shock and, like... It feels just really creepy and, like, uncomfortable. And I feel like you can't have a... I mean, I guess you can have a creepy erotica... But at the end of the day, I, as the woman reading it, I don't want to read about another woman being held down against her yeah, will and being forced hurt. to do something. Yeah, it's like not that's not that sexy. doesn't make yeah. And again, that's what I was like trying to say. Like, 
if you are like an older listener who read this and this is like, you know, one of the first or earlier experiences that you had with erotica or porn or whatever, like let us know because nowadays we can say very confidently, like this isn't something that I like that. Yeah. Um, so it's like, is it, is it a product of its time? And that's unfortunate because this was the only way that we could talk about it. Like if we were also saying like, Oh, but this bitch got what she deserved. Um, I will kind of say, so I didn't read a lot of 80s and 90s romances because I wasn't reading romances in the 80s and 90s, (laughs) but there was a very disturbing trope back in that day Uh where a woman would resist Uh and a man would be like, I know you want it, I know you want it, and they would have sex and be like, oh yeah, I did want it because I think it was seen as a bad thing for a woman to want sex. And I don't know if that's part of that. Right. It's like, is this the only way that we could talk about it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like that, um, I don't know why, when I used uh-huh. to listen to How Did This Get Made, and they, they did an episode about um, the Tyler Perry movie, Confessions of a Marriage Counselor. Because <laughs> uh-huh. it has that exact trope. They use that exact thing where the wife, she has her like sugar daddy, and she's like, no, no, no. And he goes like, now you can tell him you resisted. And then they kiss and they have sex. And I'm like, it's problematic. It's problematic because we're l- reading this at 2019, which I have to continue continuously remind myself it's 2019 (laughs) and you're like whoa what the fuck like this is like alarm bells are going off this is bad 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 but was this was this a trope was this a thing and it's not to say that this is like commendable or what we should be striving to but is this the only way that was that it was appropriate for women to talk about their sexuality like to pretend like or not even pretend but to have this veneer in their fiction that they were resisting and they didn't want it. And that was the only way that you could talk about it. So you can continue to have the, this persona of like on oh, chase or I don't like yeah. respectability. Part of me is thinking, well, cause this could be us, but we're playing. I hated winter. Winter was a terrible character, but okay, she those are always- two different books, girl. I know, but she all, it was the same time and it would be Uh the same around. She always was sort of in control of her own. Well, except for that really, I realized later we did that episode and then I realized later that scene where she didn't realize she was having sex with that guy was because they switched in the middle, but at least it treated it. She said like, how dare you? Blah, blah, blah. They treated it as the bad thing that it was. That is Any other time she had sex with people, it's because she wanted to have sex. And she she literally said that in the book. She's like, when I have sex with people, it's only because I wanted to. Yeah. And so it's like, I mean, yeah, I guess they, but there are other books out there. I don't know. It's very complicated. So it's like when you can, yeah, when you compare like Sister Soldier to Zane, it's like, who was eating Sister Soldier? It was like, my aunties and them were not reading Sister Soldier. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. We sort Older of talked women. about, sorry, uh-huh. let me interrupt, go ahead. We sort of talked about this before we recorded. I hated Coldest Winter Ever. It's a much better written book than this one. I feel we like Sister Soldier wrote this book. She wrote her book. She had something she was trying to say. She when had a message. When did Coldest Winter come out? Um, I Why am I opening out? pages? I'm trying to open Chrome. No, I can look it up. I believe it came out... Um, not as early in the 90s as we thought, but it came out like in 1990, maybe six or seven. I'm trying to look it up. Um, it's not. Me too. 
I feel like it took place. It felt like it took place in the early nineties. It actually took place like um, ninety nine publication yeah. date. So a year after this. Oh, did it? Okay, it feels older, man. Why are all these things so dated feeling? But um, I don't know. I just feel like that book was so much better written because yet yeah, it did have all this like exploit like black exploitation kind of exploitative stuff but i felt like there was a reason for it like sister soldier was trying to tell you something she was trying to tell you don't i don't know it's kind of weird because it was trying to tell you don't be like winter right but at the same time she wasn't saying like if you are like winter you're just fucked you're bad you're a terrible person she's like if you're like winter you could come back. Like, right. You could come back from being Winter. And Winter was like, a tragic character, and it's sort of like, well, if she had, yes. she could have been saved. Yeah. And I feel like Zoe is kind of like, if you are like Zoe, then you are just immoral and wrong, and you have a problem that needs to be corrected. It's just a hot mess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, I just feel like, like Sister Soldier's use of language was better. Yeah. Her dialogue bit more because these were characters who were like young and they hung out in like uh, in the hood it just makes more sense i feel like zane's trying to do that same thing but it doesn't work with her characters because one they're too old (laughs) and two they're young professionals yeah sentence by and even sentence by sentence i feel like sister soldier was a a little bit of a better writer right i agree because there are just so many exclamation points so many exclamation points and I have so many, so many of these chapters ends with Jason sucks. I hate Jason. This is rape. This is awful. So. It's so, yes. So, yes, we left off. She's, she, she's assaulted by Tyson and she's just like, well, I'll keep it. I'll stay in touch. Yeah. She doesn't, she, she doesn't really... tell him her last name or her number. And she's like, yeah. I, if, if I want to get back in touch with you, I will. She needs to get the hell out of there. I was really thinking, um. Because I went into this book blind, and I was really thinking, like, this was, would be the last time that we saw Jason. Like, I was really thinking, like, after that, this was the first scene. You mean Tyson? Tyson, sorry. Yeah. Um. So there's a, the Quentin scene where they're on the staircase, and I was like, okay, I can see, like, 90s. And I picked up one of my healing crystals. I'm sorry at this point to talk about this. I don't blame you. There's a point with... um. Quentin where they're on the steps and I'm like oh I don't like this I don't like this and then there's the point with um um what is the guy's name again Tyson Tyson where he pins her over the sofa and I'm like I really I really really don't like this like I think this is a low point of the book it's I think the the ending is worse but yeah this is the this is the first cliff even the ending, I feel like she's like, this is wrong. What's happening to me right oh, that's now true. is yeah. wrong. But here yeah. she's kind of like, well, because my body had a physical reaction because I basically orgasmed while he was raping me, like that meant it was fine. And that's what I was saying. Like, even in episode one, I was kind of like, when I was like, oh, I want to like separate the very serious from the silly. Like, Mm -hmm. this is where I was kind of like, this is like a very, this I think is the idea where it was kind of like, where I was like, well, this is what makes this book for me kind of hard to swallow. Right. Where it's kind of like where you have, where your body or whatever has a physical reaction. And she's like saying over and over again, I don't like this. I don't want this. I don't want to continue doing this. 
um, that because she orgasms or because whatever, she's kind of like, well, it's fine. It's like, but but that's not fine. It's like, not. It it's not like what what Ty- every interaction she has with um, Tyson is just so gross violent, and weird, and violent, and like non consensual. That is just like, ooh. yeah. So and like and I guess I wouldn't have a problem with it. I mean, I'd still have a problem with it. I just need the book and the text itself to treat it. As problematic. I feel like yeah. I'm saying this over and over again, and I won't say but it again, like, but it's just like... What is, what is the language that we have to talk about this? Like, it's it's difficult. It's difficult yeah. to... Like, literally, I have, the, like, this rose quartz in my hand because I picked it up. I was like, I don't have to have something in my hand to, like, distract me from these thoughts. But it's kind of like... it. It's just... It's super not okay. It's not. And, and we just, go back to, like, if this is really... If this is really, I'm really struggling to think of another erotica writer that I can think of before Zane, who talked openly about sex. And it's like, think about it. You are 98 or so, um, your mom or whatever, you're married to Jason, you're kind of confused. No one is talking to you about sex in like a very open way. And you pick up Zane, you pick up Addicted. And she's saying, okay, well, if you like to have sex, if you want to suck dick, if you want to have cunnilingus or whatever, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, or it's problematic. It's problematic. Or if you have these relationships, if a guy, like, disrespects your boundaries, then it's just because, you know, you were really into it. If your body has any physical reaction to it, it means that it was okay. Then it's kind of like... What 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 is this book telling people? And again, I don't know because we grew up in the time of Tumblr porn, where it was like (laughs) just thrown at you at all. (laughs) Do whatever you want to do, Steven Universe. It's all cool. So I can't I can't go back and maybe I'm making more of a a bigger deal of this than whatever. But it's kind of like, well, what what would you what would you think if you were like in this in this in this position where someone just handed you this book said, oh, girl, you have to read this. What would you think? I would. Uh, not, I don't know. I can't say. I We need to see the movie because I wonder what they changed. Because if they presented some of these same things in 2014, uh-huh. it's like, that's a problem. We got a problem. You should know better. I bet you they had to change them. I want, I it would be interesting did. to see what they change. So, so she meets Tyson. And then she leaves and she goes back to her husband. And I can't even, I'm sorry, everything at the end at some point just starts to blur. The last like 20 pages of this book are like, this could have been a whole novel. It's, if it had been like, oh my gosh. Oh, it's, it feels like a totally different novel at some point after. So Brina gets murdered. And we, can we talk about this? Brina gets stabbed like, what is it? 87 times can you it's a the book just skims over it it skims 87 times 87 times you can be murdered stabbed one or two times 87 times this girl gets stabbed overkill 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 Overkill. 
It's insane. And so, and I liked, I didn't like it. There's this one part where she's like, I'm so, luckily for us, Brina didn't have many close friends or hadn't made a lot of lifelong connections with her coworkers. So what we were able fuck? to hold a small funeral. And I was like, oh, that's nice. I'm glad your friend's death. It wasn't an inconvenience, inconvenience you. for you. I also like how she goes to see Brina and like the old lady, she's like, something bad happened oh, yeah. in that apartment. Something bad, girl. Brina's murder is where it begins to feel like a completely different novel. Yes. Your first murder is when you can't be bringing that up more than halfway through the book. If you want this to be a thriller suspense, like someone what needs year, to get murdered earlier. What year did you and I meet? Uh, 2010? No, uh, 2008, 2007. So it's been almost a decade that we've known each other. More than a decade. Because when, when were you a sophomore in uh, college? 2007? Yeah, and so I would have been a genius. So 2007, so 12 years. 12 years. If you got murdered, <laughs> if and not only if you got murdered, if you got stabbed 87 Brutally. times by a guy that I met, like, while I also was, like, looking at a silverback gorilla, I would be, like, really desperately upset by that. Like, that would, like, change my whole, the whole trajectory of my life you know it's, what i mean it's nothing to zoe it's like oh my it friend got murdered nothing <laughs> 87 times this and girl she, got stabbed she has met she threatened the man she, they with the switchblade switch she pulls a switchblade on him oh yeah yeah it's, she goes to the house he's there taking a shower he comes out of the shower she pull. he like threatens to beat her and she's like not he's me drunk and stuff yeah he's Okay, who takes a a drunken shower? That's crazy. <laughs> um, he comes out. He's like, "Oh, what?" And she pulls a switchblade, and she's like, "Not me." And then he like leaves. But I'm saying, like, if you were my friend, if you and we were, we've probably been friends about the same amount of times that they have been friends. You know what I mean? If my friend had had her rib <laughs> broken by some tooth. I would be, and then like later killed her. I would be like distraught. I wouldn't be able to function. You that know what I mean? That would be the first thing I'd be dealing with. That would be like the rest of the novel would be me dealing with the fact that my friend got stabbed 87, 87 times by times. some guy, you know? It's, it's insane. She doesn't seem to be bothered by it at all. It's like the police come, they investigate. They're like, we think it's Dempsey, but we can't find it. And she's like, oh, well, that'll get resolved at some point and yeah. she just goes back and to her she, crazy triangle with quentin and tyson she just she's like that's fine my friend got stabbed 87 times i want you to think about doing anything for 87 <laughs> times times eight seven times to stab this girl it's it's four score cool. and seven <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> It's almost crazy me to think like how little she thinks of her friend that she, she replaces her by the end of the book. Like right? Marcella is the new Brina. She's like, yeah, she's my new friend. We're gonna go do girl things that I used to do like Brina with. Brina used to do like my friend it's, from high school who I was don't know, brutally murdered. Who was? I just I couldn't. I I literally like thinking of my female friends. I literally could not get over the thought of like. Like being hurt in that way and just being like, oh yeah, that's what happened. So I don't and, know. 
And I think, so this is the thing that sort of pushes her, right, to, like, she needs to, to get break control out. of this. She's like, I need to get control of my life. And so, hold on, I lost, I lost where I was in the book because I have so many notes, and now I don't even know where I am. I, I think I'm it's, the same. I did highlight at some point, be right back, baby, I have to tinkle, which is... <laughs> There are a couple of points in this book where it's like a five-year-old wrote it. Name me one grown man. He says he has to tinkle. I can't even. Oh, did you say that? I don't. I don't think I've ever heard anyone over the age of. I don't think I've ever heard a child. Say Ryan I have to Marie tinkle. Say they go to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. I just so, have yeah. Jason sucks on page one eighty. <laughs> I okay. I don't like anyone in this book. But, like, I think the most of my hatred is directed towards Zoe just because that's who we spend the most time with. That's true. She's just the worst. Zoe, then probably Quentin slash Jason slash, um, and I've forgotten his name again. Tyson. Tyson. Because it's Tyson, Jason, um, (laughs) Quentin slash Tyson, and then Jason. And then probably Marcella. Spencer. I do kind of like Diamond just because she stood over with her with that pillow. Diamond was cool with me. <laughs> She's like, I'm not, I'm not doing nothing. Bye. She's so, like, oh, you're awake. Mm, yeah, I was, I was just gonna fluff this for you. Um, but she decides to break everything off and she goes to Tyson's place of employment in, mm-hmm. in the middle of the work day. Damn it! Uh-huh. And she's like, I she goes to Tyson's place of employment and she's like, I'm breaking up with you. Uh-huh. And she's like, We're we're through. And his like ex wife shows up at the same time and they immediately all they three of them like get a physical altercation. Yeah, he punches her in the face. Dusty throws a brick through her window. Uh huh. It's wild. It's so wild. Like, so I guess, I guess. She rips an earring out of his ear. (laughs) Yes, which ends up being important later. Yes. Because I thought, I I thought that too. And you know how um, you like see something in like a plot or a book and you're like, oh, I called that. And so this is like one piece where like later I was like, I thought she ripped that earring out of his ear. How did he get it back? That's beside the point. But um, Dusty That's a good comes. point, though. How did he get it back? How did? Because he didn't get it back. Quentin somehow got it. <laughs> I don't wait. <laughs> we will get to that. Um, so so Dusty shows up. She is the ex of um, not Jason. Tyson. Tyson. This is like five times after. Should we just call him Mr. T? Or Mr. Is that, T. Like, would that help? I like that. Rapey McGee, Mr. T. <laughs> um, so Mr. T shows up and um her Mercedes is vandalized like over and over again. And it turns the, out the Mercedes has a hard time during this book. <laughs> it does. It turns out it's 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 dusty, which why as a grown-ass woman would you allow yourself to be called dusty? <laughs> dusty, um, uh, Tyson's ex like has vandalized her car and she shows up and she's gonna fight her and she rips the earring out of Tyson's ear and he's like but he like fucking like beats the shit out of her and he she's does. like she's like oh um uh Zoe is like you know concerned about the level yeah. of violence that she's showing to Dusty <laughs> which again if I can go on this like tangent um, 
we used to go out a lot in law school and um, mm-hmm. we used to go out to clubs and stuff. I remember like there was like this little short dude who kept like hitting on me and trying to touch me and stuff. I was like really super not into it. And so my friend, Christina, who you know, who you've met <laughs> a couple times now, she was like, um, she was like, is that guy bother- bothering you? Because so Christina is like five foot zero. <laughs> she's tiny. She's tiny, but she's like a prosecutor. She's like getting in there. And so she was like, is that guy bothering you? And I was like, kind of. And so she's like, don't worry, I'll take care of it. And so, like, the next time he was, like, bothering me, she, like, came out. She's like, don't worry, she's with me. And she's, like, super aggressive. And I was like, yeah, I'm with her. And he's like, that's okay, don't worry about it. And I'm like, oh, Ooh. shit. <laughs> so we had another friend who was there, uh, a guy, and he came up, and he was like, is this guy, like, bothering you? Because he kept, like, touching me. And I was like, yeah, he's, like, super freaking me out. And he's like, don't worry, I'll, I'll take care of it. And so the next time he came up to me, my friend was like, uh... He's like, they're both with me. Like, you need to back off. And he was like, that's cool. All four of us could party. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it just gets like a sitcom. It just gets worse. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was like, let's just, let's go to the opposite side of the club. We don't need to be anywhere near this little short dude. Because I wasn't worried. Like, I wasn't concerned. But I was like, I really want this little short dude to stop touching just, me. Just leave me alone. Yeah. And so later I saw him dancing with this girl. And I, like, came up to her. I was like, are you okay? Because I knew this girl was a creep. And she was like, uh-huh. He told me about you. And she was like, um, badge. <laughs> I was like, it's like. I was like, oh, is that how it is? I was like, cool, you know, do what you want to do. But that really reminded me of this part where it's just like everyone coming up to tell this guy, like, <laughs> no. And he yeah. was like, that's cool. I'm into it. <laughs> he did not get it. That's really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Tyson is a lot more violent than that. He at no, one point Tyson strangles. Is oh, my God. Yeah, he chokes the shit. And again, that's also just major. As we get towards the book, towards the end, I feel like she wrote this in chronological order. Because like at the end, she starts being like, she's like, I'm tired. I'm just done with this. Yeah, I'm done with this. And this, it's due. I need to get this out. (laughs) Like, didn't we say that about Queen Sugar? (laughs) Like once we got to the end, like I could, you could tell when the due date was due. Like so many major traumatizing things are just skimmed over. Yet we get these weird details about these other insignificant things, and it's just wild. So she, after her the whole Tyson thing, she breaks up with Tyson. She's like, I got to go break up with Quentin. And this is when we learn that she's also having an affair with Diamond because Quentin's in there. (sighs) No, is this it? No, you're right. You're right. Because I'm really struggling. Like I told you, I read like, I did like that uh, grad school thing, first sentence, last sentence skim. And I was like, oh, I really fucking missed the part where she was sleeping with Diamond. But I don't think, I don't really think she, I did. It's never mentioned. It's not mentioned until she goes to break up with Quentin. Tyson has followed her here. They both discovered that she's having, a, that she's sleeping with both of them. And she just casually drops in her own inner dialogue. Because at some point Diamond comes out and she's like uh-huh. screaming at them to shut the F up. Because they're making all this noise in the hallway. And then they get into brawl. And at one point she just casually drops in her inner mind monologue i was there watching as my three lovers got into a fight and it's, and it's like, like Wait, three three what what the fuck because she was very repulsed by diamond hitting on her at the beginning of the book so can we just jump yes. like to the end because i feel like that alone 
You want to jump to the end end? No, the end. Oh, well, we need to. Oh, see, we can't. Right? Because so, we're on Because we have to talk about, about 180 and we're still like 320 pages. We do need to talk about the hypnosis. So let's just, <sighs> let's talk about the big things then. So, okay. so, because otherwise we would literally be here recording for five hours. Okay. So we're back. She, we're back. Yes, we're back. So she tells Quentin and she breaks it off with him. And that's when she finds out and we find out. That she has all three of these people for lovers. Because at one point, I was getting nervous because it took so long to introduce Quentin. It took so long to introduce Tyson. I was like, oh, God, she's going to go to some other club. There's another 500 pages of this book. Yeah, where she meets the third one. And then she just drops. and Instead, she just casually drops, oh, yeah, I'm sleeping with Diamond, too. So they all know. And I guess at some point, and again, the dates and times, I don't know when the dates are for any of these things. Tyson somehow discovers... She's married to Jace. Oh, he was listening in the stairwell. We discovered that. He's listening in the stairwell as she tells Quentin that she's breaking up with him. Yeah, because the ex wife comes. He follows her. Yeah. She goes to Quentin. He's like, you have a good man at home. I can't fucking believe you would cheat on him. This book felt like a Tyler Perry novel in book form. Or a Tyler Perry film in book form. Yeah. Because that's the kind of lesson that a Tyler Perry novel would have. Like, this is what you get cheating on a good man. Anyway... Um, so Tyson learns who Jason is and he goes to his job and like fights him and they both get arrested. And this is where we meet the sassy <laughs> secretary. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> this fucking secretary. <laughs> like the whole time I'm like, bitch, why are you so concerned? And then at the end I'm like, oh no. And it's, it's just another cheap grab because spoiler alert, the secretary comes to a violent end. Comes to and it's like gutted like a pig. But we can't spend any time on it because much like she gets as much her death gets as much attention as Brina's does, which should tell you something. Right. Probably less so. Slightly less, but it's about the same. Like Brina's death should be a major thing in this book. Because this is her best, best friend, friend since fourth grade. Yeah. And her death is treated almost the same way as this rando secretary she doesn't like. I'm trying to think of anyone that I have been in contact with since the third, fourth grade. I have a friend I've known since I was four. Like, I would have a problem if she was Like, my hard. cousin who you met, right? Yeah. If she, like, I would be. I don't even want to think about it. Right? I would be devastated i wouldn't even be able that would be the rest of the book would be me trying to figure out life without you know what i mean yeah this is where the book becomes like a suspense stalker book right because all of a sudden she starts so after actually i don't even know man (laughs) i'm moving ahead i was about to say the phone calls but then i realized the hypnosis took place before that i think and so, so Tyson leaves and he goes and he gets into a fist fight with Jason. And so Jason finds the whole thing and he says the best line because we almost quoted it word for word in our previous episodes. <laughs> so he's mad in our previous episode. He's mad at her. He's like calling her all kinds of horror names and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, we can go home and watch a movie and it'll be great. And he's, and she's like, Jason, you've got to talk to me. He goes, Zoe, I don't have to do shit, but stay black, pay taxes and die. I don't have to say shit to you now. And like you we know almost what? had that exact realization in the last episode when we were just like done with everything. <laughs> That's why I want to point out why I got so stuck up on the boo line. Because this <laughs> book is so black. 
Like this book is so black. Like it's it's really yeah. I have never in my entire life heard anyone but my mother, and my grandmother say like stay black. Some combination stay black, pay taxes, and die. That is not something that's made it into like boo or bay or whatever the fuck. By Felicia. By Felicia. That is not something that has crossed the line into kind of like white gay culture and the white culture. <laughs> that's not something that's done that hopscotch yet. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm kind of like, when I read that line, I was just, I was dying. <laughs> like, it's just. And so she says this and she's so distraught. And he says, the dialogue is so funny. He's like, why don't you just do us all a favor and die? Yes. And so she tearfully goes and walks into trouble. She hopscotches into the middle of the street and gets hit by a fucking flower delivery van. She's like, she's like, I can see him trying to break, but he doesn't make. And it's again, it's her being a manipulative asshole because she doesn't, she's not suicidal. She doesn't feel suicidal. She's just doing this to try and get her, get him to come back to her. So she's like, fine, if you don't want me, I'll kill myself. She walks into traffic because she just wants the attention. That's an extremely good point. It's very teenager. It's it's very teenager. And again, I don't want to presume I am not a psychiatrist like Dr. Marcella is. <laughs> Who should really lose her license. <sighs> Girl, right? So I don't want to say like uh, this or that, but it seemed like kind of like what you would do in a teenager relationship. Like I'm just yeah. going to, I want attention right now. So I'm going to, I don't know. I don't, again, I don't know. I don't know what the, what the mindset is. Feel free to correct me. That's fine. Cause I'm always learning, but like she skips out into traffic. She gets hit by this flower delivery van and it's kind of, like, it's almost out of fucking nowhere. It's like out mean of girls. nowhere. When it's, Regina George gets hit by that bus. Right. It's like Mean Girls where she gets it. And you're like, what the? Did that just happen? And we know she's doing it to manipulate him because we're all in Zoe's thoughts. So we know she's not really meaning to kill herself. Because at one point she talks about how she's like, she just says it. She's like, I just got to get him to pay attention to me. And she's about to turn around and return back into his arms. But the truck comes up on her before she can. And it's just so ch- so cheap. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, that's all I was saying. It was just so tacky. It goes into like the matrix zone where it's like, you know, where he's like dodging those bullets, like it's slow <laughs> time, like bullet time. Like she's like seeing the van coming toward her and Jason is like coming at her, like trying to save her. And he's like going in slow motion like, Zoe, no. Right. It's so insane. It is so melodramatic. It is. Ins- it's literally insane. She she's not a healthy person. So no. she goes to the hospital and Jason's all up on her. Her mom's there. Everyone's like, oh, you were in a coma for a week. Marcella Spencer is there. <laughs> Why are you there? Go to your practice. Go, Go to, to your, your practice. Patients. But this is her friend. This is her friend now. This is like Brina basically. Like that character. She's she's basically Brina now. She is, and she's like, it's so unprofessional. She should not be friends mm-hmm. with this woman. And then she's like, again, oh, well, I have doctor privileges, uh, so they'll let me stay all day. Again, psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. Head doctor. Head doctor. She now, probably spent 10 years in school. Probably has a 
fuckload of student debt. And she's just like, she is a specialist in mental medical disorders for people where she has seen the, like the, the hardest of the hardest cases. Like she's supposed to be really good at what she does. And it's like, you know, she's seeing like all these really traumatic things, all these really problematic things, all these things where she has to really like dig into herself and figure out like for the life of me, I would not want to be a psychiatrist because it feels like you would really have, I'm, I don't know. I'm a really emotional work. Yeah. I'm a really empathetic person, sympathetic person. So it would be hard for me for day to day to be like going there with people and just mm-hmm. to put that aside to figure out, like, medically what's wrong with them, what's the best course of them to go forward. She feels on every level of every level. Every well, level. I think touching on that, I think one of the ways that people are able to do that, even if they are naturally empathetic, because I would want a psychiatrist who was empathetic or sympathetic, but you have to, in order for them to do their job, they have to say, you are my patient. I cannot... You have to stay as a patient. We can't be friends. Like we can't be going to the cheesecake factory. This is completely inappropriate. <laughs> completely inappropriate. <laughs> I wanted, and then while she's been out, she's told Jason everything. So everything. she's violating confidentiality things left and right. Everything, everything. In law school, we read this case where it's like a dude killed a little girl, killed her. And he, like, would not say where her body was because he was like, it violates my doctor client um, uh, privilege. Wait. How did the guy who did it wouldn't tell it or his shrink wouldn't his tell it? His shrink wouldn't tell it. Okay. So the, yeah. the guy told She's... his shrink, the shrink wouldn't tell the cops because he's like, you know, this is like, this is basically a sacred vow that, like, he's like, I really believe that if people need help, they need to believe that they can talk to their shrinks, and he would not tell it. He got he got fired, like his oh, whole life was ruined because he wouldn't tell. It. He's like, but I believe like we need this privilege to exist. So it's like, but Marcella Spencer, she's out here. Is like, I'll tell whatever. She's, I don't give a fuck. She's telling everybody. everybody. And then the other doctor comes. He's like, yeah, I shared your files. We went everything. We talked. I compared notes. All she didn't even wait to ask for permission. Hey. Everything, everything. He's like, I did a podcast, girl. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Put it on a Reddit thread because I needed some extra opinion. It was just insane. This is, the dialogue is really bad. We talked about it, but this one, speaking on her, like, lack of professionalism, this is the one that really got me. And so she's like, so she's woken up and she's like, the doctor's there. She's like, Thanks so much for everything, Marcella. No need to thank, no need for thanks, Zoe. You've become much more than a patient to me. I would like to think of us as friends. And then Zoe's, I managed a weak smile. I would like for us to become friends. I would like that very much. And then I think Marcella says, We've we're already friends, and friends we shall remain. It's like some is this Sesame Street? What is with this writing? It's just so bad. It's I was so, coughing so hard because I was trying not to laugh, because I was holding <laughs> a laugh and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about Zoe what we're already friends and friends we shall remain I've never first of all I have friends we've never declared we're friends and friends we shall remain we've never had a friendship (laughs) contract like a fucking Roja like what the 
I guess though, to be fair, I never did have like have a friend who was also a doctor first, and we crossed a very inappropriate a line. Doctor, a doctor, because this isn't just a therapist. This isn't your Reiki specialist. This isn't your, your fucking doula. This is a fucking <laughs> psychiatrist who had to go through. Who I have student loan debt, Danielle. This fucking shit is not a joke. Like she is a fucking doctor, a doctor, a doctor, Danielle. She's a doctor. She's this woman's doctor. I'm glad we're talking about how shitty she was because I just found another quote. It's from Jason. And it's again, she's like, she's like, Dr. Spencer told me how you related everything to her about how we met, how we fell in love. Oh, wait, my finger touched the Kindle. How we fell in love and how things got complicated. She even told me you thought I looked sexy riding my dad's old lawnmower with no shirt on. What didn't Dr. Spencer say? Dr. Spencer is repeating all the details. Dr. Like, Spencer. So I'm Zoe spent three to six hours telling the whole pre-eighth grade high school up to the present day i'm I'm gonna say i'm gonna call that nine hours right it was a long ass time it was a long ass time because it was about 200 pages of this book (laughs) dr spencer therefore turns around client um uh patient patient yeah patient client privilege be fucking damn goes ahead and tells jason this whole fucking point 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 down to the succotash down to the succotash she does she does mention the succotash and it's like and it's just anyone i feel like who operates today knows that's not appropriate i don't have to be a medical doctor to know medical doctors are not supposed to be running around telling y'all your details tells us to her husband to her husband now to she thought you looked sexy right in that that exactly can you imagine saying that to someone like, yeah, she told me you look sexy riding on that lawnmower when you were 15. Saying this to I would feel like a pervert. Doctor, saying this to your doctor and your doctor turning around this and then saying this to your husband. It's she's so creepy. But we're getting to the next. So she invites a specialist, Dr. Leonard Graham, who apparently has like a lazy eye. I don't know. I just remember the description about his eyes. Because apparently they're kind of saggy. So I've been very, I've been very sick. Like, my temperature has been extremely low, which is not something that I've ever experienced before. Like, my hands, like, I'm looking at my hands right now. Like, there's this whole thing where, like, I don't know. I'm going on a tangent right now. But my hands are, like, gray. Like, my palms are, like, gray and colorless. I'm like, this this no good. My hands should have some color in it. My temperature is extremely low. I have a very bad virus. This is why my voice probably sounds very weird. And you've heard me, like, coughing. Like, I've been trying to hold the mic away from me. So I've been watching This Is Us. Because I was like, this is the only way I'm going to watch it. Um... And I can't even remember why I was trying to bring this up, but it's like, oh my God, I totally forgot. She's talking about how her husband looked handsome, like hot on that. Oh, the Dr. Graham and his saggy eyes. Saggy eyes. And I just kept, I keep imagining like the, the, the biological father, William, from This Is Us. Um, as the doctor here, and this probably wasn't worth the um the side, but if you can like step into Molly's mind for a second, you can imagine like um casting 
Do you ever cast like characters in a novel while you're reading it as actors? No, like I just picture them. And like sometimes if I know they have a movie, I'll use those actors. But I've never like fan casted. Well, in my mind, I fan casted the dad while I was sick with this fucking virus. Like, you know, with a 95 degree temperature. Poor thing. The dad from This Us as the doctor in this and someone's gonna laugh one person's gonna laugh and it's gonna totally be worth it like me just let her know let me know tweet me um i can't remember twitter handle m dash m dash one and there's just go to black chick lit and you'll find us i'm sorry daniel i'm sorry it's okay you go ahead but this, this, is, this is on my mind. Us. This is like one of the points that I wanted to point out. I just want to break up. So this is where we might have to get serious again. So Zoe is hypnotized. And when she comes up from her hypnosis, everyone she describes Did we talk detail, about though Tyson trying to kill her? Yes. Because Tyson she's strangled. tried to kill her. Yeah, she strangled her. And then, um, and he doesn't try again until she's out of the hospital. Mm. Yes, and she's in the hospital. She gets hypnotized. Yes, she gets hypnotized. And she comes out of the hypnosis, and she describes in great detail everyone's faces. Like, their mouths are hanging. These professional, not just her family, but the professional (laughs) psychiatrists. The fucking doctor. Are looking at her mouths agape, just shocked by what she has revealed while she was out. And so they replay the tape. Of her hypnosis. First of all, apparently she's able to revert back to her childhood voice, which I should think is physically impossible. And she tells the story of how when she was in the fifth grade or the third grade, she went to, she was at a Memorial Day barbecue. I love how her mom keeps interrupting her story and the doctor's like, will you shut up? But um, she's at a Memorial Day Dr. picnic. Dr. William from This Is Us. <laughs> she's at a Memorial Day picnic and the not her mother, but a friend's mother sends her and the friend down the street to get her teenage brother. She walks in on her teenage brother, on this teenage brother having sex. She says something like, his dangalang was in her coochie coo. I cannot take anything seriously. And as she's running out because they're all, they're like freaked out because they're kids, like a kid, a teenager starts like sexually assaulting her, like groping her and holding her down until another teenager like lifts him off her. And she runs back to her her barbecue. That's terrible. It's ha- it's written terribly. It's handled terribly. It's terrible. It's in here just to be shocking, and like and like titillating, and like oh my gosh. And then the next one, we learn that when she was in fifth grade, she was assaulted, held down, and assaulted by a gang of boys who tried to rape her but couldn't. A woman scared them off. She ran home, and it traumatized her so much she completely blocked it. Yeah. And it's like, I remember reading that and just being so disgusted there by the entire work. so many. There's so many red flags in this. It's like, like oh. You don't just throw that in a book for a cheap thrill. It's disgusting. Though. It's like her vagina was so, t- so, was so tight that they couldn't get it in. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, you have Republican senators. I'm sorry. I'm saying this, but it's like you have people out here like, oh, if you're virtuous enough, you can't be raped. 
And it's kind of like it played along those lines. And I was like, this is so, this is so damaging. Like, this is so hurt, hurtful to people. Like, oh, if you are, if you are pure enough, you cannot be raped. And it's kind of like, oh, it, it kind of plays along with that. But then also, like, she just box it out. She doesn't remember it at all. And it, and it adds nothing to the storyline. Because, again, nothing. as we said, Zoe's problems with sex are not that she's, like, some fiend for sex. Her problem with sex is that her husband is very repressed and they're sexually incompatible. will not have sex with her unless it's, like, pitch black. Yes. This entire hypnosis molestation thing could have been dropped from the book and it would have done nothing because it doesn't come back up. She's not afraid of sex. She's not, like, freaked out. She just is unsatisfied in her marriage. There's no reason for this disgusting plot line to be in right? here. It's just, like, this, this I feel like was really the most... This is the this part, is the low point for me. Yeah, this is the part where I was like, I really have to think of a way to like bifurcate like the seriousness part with the funny part because I was like, yeah. there's part of this book that's just like fucking hilarious. There's a there's a silverback <laughs> gorilla in a cage, <laughs> like a nightclub. What the fuck? But then there's like some really serious parts where I'm like. There are women, maybe there are women who are reading this who have never, <clears throat> never really thought or never felt free enough to talk, think about their sexuality. You know what? Until they got this from like a friend of a friend of a friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, it, this, this book really walks a tightrope for me that was very difficult. Oh, I just think it's gross because like, it's just to throw that. I think even in 1998, that's disgusting to it's throw disgusting. in like a little girl being raped. Like, and it doesn't. It's disgusting. Not that if it did anything, it'd make it better, but it just feels like it's done to like shock people, like, or even to give her some, to give her some out, to give her like, okay, you want to have sex, you want to suck a dick, you want to have fun, whatever. But yeah. To be that way, there must be something wrong with you. Like a man must right, have that's hurt you some, too. in some reason. And it's like, but why? Why? It's, it's just so gross. And like, well, when I was thinking, I had this problem when I was reading the first chapter too. They're teenagers. I don't want to read about teenage, she finding him fine and looking at his oh, ass and no. then making out. I don't want to read no, that. No, start when you're fucking adults. Yes. And it's just like, why? I don't under, I keep going back. Who is this book written for? What is it meant to do? Is it meant to be like sexy? Because it's, and I think it is because it's on the cover of the book. They explicitly say, read it read with, this a with your lover, lover nearby. Because you it won't be able to resist. And I'm like, there's no, it's just, I'm sorry. I'm going down that hole again where I've talked about how unsexy this book is. And I can't, but I can't, I can't. I don't think like that can be underplayed. Like the sex in this book is so like, it's such a turnoff. Like, it's not that it's just like, Oh, okay. Like you see a movie and it's like, okay, they have sex. And the girl has like the sheets wrapped around her waist or whatever, or her yeah. chest or whatever. Or like it's, yeah. Or it's awkward or something. Or it's awkward. This is like actively, actively making me feel like, Oh, I don't like this. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, being a part of a genre that is 
explicitly supposed to do the opposite. Right. Which is, which brings me back to like when we talk about romance, where I'm like, people dismiss romance and they talk about romance like it's so tawdry or what are just like titillating or whatever. But I'm like, when we read romance last year, and I'm really glad that we took last year to like look at genre fiction. Mm -hmm. And I hope that's Mm -hmm. something we continue. I think we've talked about it. But it's like, I'm glad that I had that basis to to compare because it's kind of like when I read the romance, I was like, okay, this is making me, it's like, oh, okay. I told you, I read it. <laughs> I was sitting in the hammock, <laughs> like outside, okay, again, my mom and my grandma. But I was like, okay, this is making me feel good about myself. This is making me good feel good about black it women. It feels sexy. It feels sexy, exactly. Yeah. But this felt like such a negative such a turn off that i was like what the fuck is happening (laughs) like what the fuck is happening here yeah and it's just like it confounds me because you picked this originally because we're like we're gonna read some erotica we're gonna talk about i was actually looking forward yeah zane it was like zane was the one that that women were reading and we've talked about like how when sex is written badly, like that's what I was looking forward. I was ready to looking forward to like, I was looking forward to talking about like really awkward descriptions of like sexual organs and really funny descriptions about all these other things. And that's not what we got. We got some really problematic shit. Right. And I'm like this is this is slightly a traumatizing, not traumatizing, but like I don't want to. Re- I don't like it. I don't want to be in this. I don't like being in this fictional world because yes. everything is terrible. Yes, and it's like not just terrible, but it's like this is really making me think of friends of mine, experiences of mine, like family members of mine that have had like traumatic experiences where thing where shit was not okay, and it's like why is this marketed as like a sexy, a sexy, sexy times novel, as sexy. So it's like I think about like all the genre we re read last year, and I think about like Tumblr taking us porn or whatever. I'm thinking about like how we as women are supposed to just be okay with shit, like this shit, and it's kind of like, yeah, I would think I would like at some point for us to actually read a true erotic. I don't think. Like it's labeled that much in the same way this book labels Zoe as having a sex addiction and uh-huh. she clearly doesn't. It's labeled an erotica. It's not. It doesn't. It it's doesn't. just not. It's not sexy and there's no. There's very little sex in it. And I think it would be interesting. I think if our true erotica probably does do those things, I well. would like it be like sexuality. a thousand percent okay with that because again, like I said, like I have all these thoughts with 2019 Molly, like. Yeah ooh, me and my husband do everything together and we're partners versus like if I was in 1998, what would my expectations be? What met, You know what I mean? So if we can compare this to another like erotica novel. I w- a true one. A true or like a more updated one or a more like kind of like where we're coming from one, I would be totally okay because I don't want to completely dismiss this because like, Again, aunties, teachers, like older people, they were reading this shit and they were passing it around and they were saying this shit was important to them. So I don't want to just be like, like completely dismissive because I'm coming from this totally different position from them. 
Yeah. I don't want to dismiss it as a book, but I will dismiss it. And this is a big thing I can't get past as erotica because that's what it's marketed as. And it's not like I can get if this was just like marketed as an urban lit, like like winter coldest winter ever wasn't marketed as an erotica. True. and I didn't have as big of a problem with it True. because that's not what it was about. This book is explicitly saying from the cover art to the blurbs to the way it's genre labeled. Uh-huh. It's it's like a sexy erotic novel. Read it's this with your lover. You won't be able to resist. For yeah. women. And yeah, it's like, and what it's are we not? It's not It's super is not It's super is not. And I think that that's. That's the crux of it. So it's like, yeah. where do so we go I don't from here? It, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to dismiss it either as a title. Like if it was just like, this is just an urban fiction title. Same thing as like, if it was called like betrayed and it was less emphasis on like her sex addiction and more like her cheating on her husband and that whole molestation didn't get thrown in and the whole erotica thing wasn't thrown in. I wouldn't have as big of a problem with it. My problem with is like, even in 1998, because Eric Jerome Dickey was writing stuff, and it wasn't like it was erotica. It wasn't like this, and I just don't understand. Yeah. Why? Like, okay. seriously, seriously, if you have stuck with us this far, and you are an older listener, I really, truly want to hear what you've thought about Zane. Because I've always, again, 11, 12 years old, people were passing around Zane, and I just did not have the... The maturity, obviously, to like read this <laughs> book, but I wanna, I wanna know. Like, I seriously wanna know what you, what you thought, and please let us know because we will. I need to know. It was something. <laughs> was it Sherelle or somebody? And they were like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that my, my comment ended up in." But we seriously like read a review every comment that we you did. guys send yeah. in to us, and we talk about it. So, if you if you have an experience that is different from us reading this I would truly love to hear it because we're coming from a very different position than what someone reading it in 98 would have seen yeah so let's just let's get through this she does the hypnotism and they learn about her experience nothing comes of it it's it's just the thing that happened and to I know her we're everyone trying acts to get all through shocked this. I know we're trying to get through no this. go ahead go ahead but this this is what bothered me. This, for like a lot of reasons, and I'll just leave it at this. This is what got to me where I was just like, this is why this book to me is very problematic. But for like, for her to say, because I was, because this thing happened to me as a child, like now I'm having these sexual addiction issues, like is such such a leap it's this is where like this was i think i said this this was the low point for me because it's just a low point it's so exploitative it adds nothing to the story and it draws really really damaging yes conclusions for the reader and i just hated it i hated the whole thing i hated the kid voice i hated the whole thing about breastuses it's just it's just so gross like she says she doesn't say breast because she has a kid's voice she says breastuses and she uses kid language and it's just so gross to go back, if this is like your first example of where you're seeing like sex talked about or spoken about yeah. in mm-hmm. relation to you as a black woman in this book, mm-hmm. like if this is the first example that you're exposed to, yeah, to be like, and again, I don't know, I don't know because I wasn't, I was like a child in '98, so I don't know. 
I like how you can tell when we're sobering up because we are getting heated. I do want to say, so I am in a, you hinted at it, and I am in a group on Facebook, and anytime a book like Coldest Winter Ever or Zane is brought up, there are so many women who comment with like, oh, I read these in high school and I loved them. Or, oh yeah, I used to read these when I was like, I stole them from my mom. There's so many women, I think, who are reading these things and they're not the aunties reading them. I think... I think they might be like this, the teenagers and the high schoolers who are reading them. Mm-hmm. And I think they're the reason, because we're grown women reading them. And I feel like if I was a grown woman in 1998, I'd be like, oh, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, even without the social issues, just reading it, I'm like, oh, it's not sexy. This mm-hmm. It's just bad. But if I was a 15-year-old, it would probably blow my mind. Yeah. And so thinking about that makes it even worse, because I bet you a big, popu- a big portion of the people reading this were not, in fact adults they were in fact teenage girls yeah because there's so many like i think i posted when we read coldest winter ever it was like one of my most popular posts in that group <laughs> everyone was like oh i read this in high school i read this in middle school people like said that they needed to go back and read it as an adult yeah to see if their thoughts changed so yeah that's fun I don't know. So. so if you're if you're in that age group too like and if you feel comfortable like you know we're not trying to exploit everyone but I am I am interested just in like that's when you started this podcast, Daniel, when you were in that fucking uh, Barnes and Noble books a million and seeing all of the Amish <laughs> and you were like, well, what about black people? And yeah. it's like there's such like a depth of um, experience that mm-hmm. we just we just don't know like we're talking from like personal experience and all these things and it's like I just I don't know what it would have been like in 1998 to read this as a 30 year old I don't know what this would have been like in 2001 to read this as a 15 year old I don't know so if you want to tell me like I would be very interested in hearing because because people because women that I admired that I looked up to pass Zane around and they said that this shit was important so it's like okay so maybe that's the difference between you and me because I guess I didn't have that experience so I'm not as like I don't know (laughs) I guess I'm harsher on it and I'm more willing to just cut it and say oh this is trash Uh it's trash then it's trash now I did read Fly Girl I read Fly Girl maybe oh see I didn't read that when it came out so maybe it's a St. Louis Kansas City thing Because we read Fly Girl, and I remember, like, that came out, and people were like, and I had friends around my age, like, you got to read this. But they were, again, they weren't mm-hmm. grown women. It was another, like, teenager uh-huh. saying, you need to read this. So, And that was exactly what Zane was for me. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know. It's like reckoning with these kinds of things. And it's like, yeah, what do you think? What do you do? Like, I, I would just be interested in hearing because we have one position, like me and Danielle are like, what, like a year and a, a week apart? Apart, yes. A year and six days apart. So I, I don't know. It's like we have a very similar understanding. You know what I mean? And so it's like when you go outside of that, it's like, oh, when I talk to my husband, I'm like, we're reading Zane. And he's like, who? I'm like, Zane. You know Zane, right? So I guess I just don't have that connection to Zane. Like Sister Soldier, I know. Or anyone. Eric Sister Jerome Soldier. Dickey, yeah. Um Eric Jerome Dickey, 
anyone where it's like when you it go it just seems that Zane inspires a lot in you that I am <laughs> not getting uh, yeah I guess I don't know it was just it was it was just hitting that that nerve mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. kind of like oh you know what I mean I don't know yeah I think we all have our thing and this is that for you I, don't know, I just and I guess I'm just also I've never enjoyed Urban Fig. So every time we read one, I sort of expect to be disappointed. But this was on a whole, whole other level. So I didn't mean to interrupt your thoughts. So if you wanted to continue. I can't even remember. Oh, my okay. God. This is like the was perfect gonna... storm of like, oh, you've been sick for like two, two and a half weeks a month versus like whatever. Yeah. So I was going to try and move us forward. We will be here for hours. It's Please 1 a.m. here. Oh, my God. It oh, is. my God. It's like 11 here. Okay. We need to we finish. We need yes. to wrap up. So Jason has his own little admission that he was adopted. And she acts like this is the biggest thing in the world. And we learn this is another example about how terrible everyone in this universe is. Jason talks about his mother was a heroin addict. She would – the reason he's – so there's got to be a reason for his repression. Uh-huh. So we learn the reason for his sexual repression is that she would sometimes, for shits and giggles, bring men back and have sex in front of him. It's it's wild. But which we again, also learn... Which again, that is sexual abuse. Like, it's that's abuse. It's a problem. It's and abuse. it's just skimmed right it's over. It's skimmed right over. And we also learn, also skimmed right over... That his parents adopted him when he was like, I guess, six or seven. And sometimes when they were mad, they, they would, would say just, things like, would you're lucky we even adopted you. Yeah, he says that he, they would throw it back in my face sometimes, but only when they were frustrated. I'm like, that's a terrible thing. That is a, okay, imagine you are traumatized. You are a traumatized seven-year-old. You're a little kid who's seen shit you shouldn't have. Your mother is addicted like to heroin. She gave you up. shit that you can see. And they're like, like, we should have just left you there to die. You should be happy. It's abusive. Abuse. Like, that is abuse. Like, I feel like if it could come down to anything, like, the last 30 pages of this are like, abuse fucks you up. And you should not just <laughs> leave that shit under the rug. Oh my gosh. So they have, it's implied later. I'm skimming because otherwise we'll be here till 4 a.m. Yeah, I know. You're tired, girl. (laughs) But they, um, so their little like confessions sort of bring them together. So she's released from the hospital. They go home and they sort of have like this second honeymoon of sorts, which is ridiculous because she was hit by a truck and her best friend has been murdered and she's learned she was sexually molested as a child. Through hypnosis. None of it matters. Through hypnosis. None of it matters. They go home and they have a great time. And this is when the stalker plot line comes yeah, up. This is where the last 30 pages of this book were just like, feel like 70. What the fuck? This yes. could have been a whole book. This could have been a it whole could've. book. It could have. So she starts getting phone calls and they're just people breathing. And so they eventually go to a ca- so like they decide they need like some time away. So they leave well, the kids. They're always leaving these he, kids with someone. He brings her home. And even before I knew everything that was gonna happen with this, I thought this that this was ridiculous. He brought her home. She sees the kids and they have like a Dalmatian puppy. And she's oh, like Spot. This is Spot. This is my my dog Spot. And I for the life of me cannot remember. She's like, this is Spot just like when I was a kid and we had a, a dog named Spot. 
I was like, I could not remember for the life of me, again, correct me if I'm wrong, I could not remember her having a dog named Spot. But I don't either. And the book is so poorly written that you're like, you don't know if you just forgot it or if it was mentioned earlier. Right. Or she's just dropping it. And you know what? I Dalmatians, have a Dalmatians are notoriously hard dogs. And I they feel are. like they're like difficult with kids. They're not good kids dogs. Right? So it's like he gets her. And they're neurotic. And they're neurotic. He gets her Dalmatian puppy the instant she gets out of the hospital. And I'm like, this is, this is really fucking selfish, D- Jason, to get her this I'm, dog. That she- I'm searching for spot in the Kindle. Because if, if it occurs earlier in the book. Then I'll, I'll eat a hat or whatever the fuck. Eat a sock, whatever. No, we just need to know. I just, I just need to know spot. And so the book will tell me, at least it'll tell me if that's the first time. As I spot, oh, now it's just doing anytime someone says the word spot. Yeah. <laughs> wait a but to was, be fair, though, it's not occurring. There's nothing about it. Oh, wait. Chapter 29 is the first mention of the words. Oh, she talks about how she would sneakily, she would sneakily get food to spot in chapter 29. So, like, 29, chapter 29. Okay, sure. But I was just, I was really <gasps> This like, was during the hypnosis. That's the first time it's mentioned. That's what I so thought. Yeah, when she's in her little kid voice and she's talking about, it sounds really creepy how she likes to finger paint. Because I'm just picturing a grown woman sitting here talking in a little kid in voice. In her hospital bed, paint. fucking hit her by house. a van, a flower yeah. delivery van. That's the first time Spot is mentioned. And I want to say this, like, let's just get to it. The stalker starts at one point, this dog is put in a barbecue grill and grilled alive. <sighs> right. And we just he gets he gets the dog. I'm like, that's an irresponsible gift for someone to begin with. Dealing with addiction, just got out of the hospital for a suicide attempt. That's that's heavy because a puppy is very difficult. And then later it comes up like she comes out, she sees the grill is on, the dog is on the grill. Again, can you don't even imagine, dear listener, don't even imagine your beloved pet on a grill because that's hard for me to imagine my pet on a grill. But it's or like any animal, to be honest, to, for any animal to see on a grill, it's like on your grill, which seconds ago you would have like a big family reunion, you were grilling, you were doing hot dogs or whatever the fuck. Like that got me. Zoe didn't care that much. She's like, oh. It's just like her friend's death. (laughs) It's like Brina's death. She just moves on. She She just moves on. She's like, oh, Brina got stabbed 87 times. 80. Count to 87 right now. 87 times her best friend since the first grade got stabbed. (sighs) Oh my gosh. But she just so she did not care that this dog that she lifted up her grill. I have a grill. I have a pet. I love my grill. I I adore <laughs> I my pet. Love my grill. You know what? I my the ignition has gone out in her grill and I'm like, "How are we going to eat?" My <laughs> pet, like she sits next to me. I'm like, "I haven't seen her in like an hour and I'm kind of freaking out." But it's like imagining my pet on my grill like bothers me to no end and she's just like oh that's fine and it's just treated the same way everything serious in this book is treated it's just yep that's the thing it's that like happens. yeah and then we move on i saw a puppy and on then, a grill 
That's fine. And the puppy was only introduced five pages, so we as the reader don't really. I mean, I care viscerally in that it's an animal on a grill, that but it's I don't a care. Puppy. Not just an animal, because an animal could be a chicken, it could be some pork tenderloin. <laughs> But a puppy, your your Dalmatian puppy that your kids loved. It's just so at some point, and I don't even feel like they do this because they want to get away from like the creepy stalker. They're like, we should buy a summer home. So they go into a cabin <laughs> to go look at land for their summer home because they just don't give a fuck. They, they don't get they don't give a, a fuck. While they're there, they learn about the death of the secretary who was gutted like the face. Did we did we then, talk about Jason's background? We talked about that. We talked about his parents. We talked about his parents. We talked yeah. about his mom bringing the guys back. Yeah. And so I just so. want to say, like, from Jason going to a psych psychiatrist, which he was vehemently against. Which he needs. Which he needs. Three days later, he's like, oh, you can start bring duck now. It's like, okay, cool. It's like he sees a psychiatrist for three days. Three days. Daniel. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. The specialist was only going to stay for one day. And he's like, oh, I need He's like, yeah, we'll, we'll get all this wrapped up in one day. And then, oh, it proves to be more complicated. So he stays for three. So Jason finally sees someone to help him. And, like, now he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to take you. I'm going to do all these things. He's super lover. And it's like from this point on, Jason has no personality. Except for none of them really do to be. Yeah, fair. the end of this book is so weird. It's so weird. It's just kind of like I had to wrap up all these plot points, but like Zoe and Jason are cool. Just so let's just get to it. I'm sorry. I'm my mind. No, it's not your fault. It's this book. It's, it's so ridiculous, so, and I feel like everything so much. should be we talked started, about. We started hours ago, dear listener, and I'm just like I'm broken. I'm it's broken. Officially done it. But they're in there, and so Quentin shows up. He kills two police officers. Can and I, he like, can I read one line? I'm so sorry. sure. It's like she see, she says she sees the the police officer's eyes, and at some point, I just started like writing in the margin a line, <laughs> and I stopped highlighting where I wanted to see it. But she's like, I saw the li- the eyes, and I knew that was a dead man. I saw a small bullet hole through his forehead and I was like it wasn't the bullet hole that told you he was dead (laughs) it was his eyes eyes. you knew his eyes in the moonlight told you he was dead not like the the fact that his head was destroyed okay and probably blown open like I doubt there was a very neat pinhole yeah it's like oh okay cool there was a little bitty dot on his head they have sex in a bearskin rug in this cabin but they also they eat chicken breast. They do. They eat on it. And then they have, I'm like, ew. I, I was trying to explain this scene to my husband. I was like, they eat some fucking chicken breast with some rice. And I'm like, the most erotic meal you can think of. This goes back to the mural, which we'll get to in a second. It's like the most. In our food bro- conversation. And our food. Of all the foods. They pick the unsexiest things. It's like the most erotic thing you can think of is. A chicken breast, a dry ass, a notoriously difficult to cook <laughs> protein protein with some fucking rice on a bare it's skin like, rug. And then you wash the dishes and you fuck on the... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it's so... Steeped into it is just unsexy. 
So I want to, they, let's just get, I'm, I'm losing, losing it. I know, I hear you. So Quentin breaks in and Zane tries to keep it a secret as to who he is. She like the assailant, the assailant. This book written like, is written sometimes like it's made for TV. Like she sees like the assailant, uh-huh. a voice. And then all of a sudden she's like, Quentin. And then that's when we, the reader know. It oh, got me, girl. Quentin. It got me. I was like, I thought it was Tyson for sure. Oh, I had skipped ahead. <laughs> I was like, I don't just, what do I have left? I knew Quentin was going to come back. <laughs> um, and he shows up and he's like kicking, he leaves Jason alive because he's like, I need him to get to you. And he's kicking him and beating him up. And at one point he walks over and this is probably the only point where the book acknowledges that a rape happens. And he it's rapes straight up rape. Zoe in front of Jason. And it's disgusting. And I'm like, again, what the fuck is this book? Who is this book for? Yeah. Because it ain't me. I could tell you that. I was like, I don't, I don't, I want to get off. <laughs> stop wanna, the ride. Stop the ride. I want to get off. And the book just kind of, so he's doing that. He's like in the middle of rape here. And I guess Jason finds the strength to get up and just starts beating him up. I want to point the chapter out. Ends. Yeah, because it sounds like we're rushing this. But this is again why I feel like um, this book was written in chronological order. Because I she feel like done. even Zane at the end was like, oh, God, I'm tired. She says, yeah. a handful of Quentin's teeth were scattered across the floor. <sighs> his, his teeth, again, I don't want to get too graphic. Think about all the teeth in your head right now. And think about your <laughs> a handful of your teeth scattered across the floor. That is such a visceral sentence right there. That does, that, that, that. It's like I'm thinking of like Cormac McCarthy. It's like I think about like whole novels written around like a really like specific like horrible image. It's like a handful of this guy's teeth. Jason beats him so bad that a handful of his teeth are scattered across the floor. And it is a And really sentence. he should be dazed because he was we also viscerally hear about how he's kicked in the head. Kicked in the head. And kicked, kicked in, in the, the head, chest. Again, like he doesn't get out for margaritas at um, <laughs> at the Cheesecake Factory, but it's like a broken rib is like a serious injury. It's like I, so much of the oh. last maybe quarter of this book is so rushed. It just yes, makes because this is my go ahead. This is another go great ahead. part. No, go ahead. well after she viscerally describes the handful of teeth. So Zoe has pulled Jason off. And she like they're crying, and she like kisses him. And he's like, "I love you, Jason." And he's like, "I love you too, Zoe. This is forever." And she says, "Always, always has been, been always, always will, will be. be." I'm like, oh, "We need your motto right now." You That's why I want to make sure won't. when I was a little more sober to make sure that I pointed that shit out because she brings <laughs> this shit up after after she was raped after like he her admits, husband has probably beaten a man, beat a man, teeth, teeth, teeth. <laughs> Teeth scattered across the ground. I cannot get but over. They take some time. They take some time to say their personal. Mo- I would be their like, personal shut the motto. fuck up. I'd be get like, the fuck out of here. Call the call the fucking police. Like this guy whose mural I used to get aroused by, just like <laughs> rape me and tried to kill everyone in this cabin. Tried to kill literally every person who I care about I in feel- this. <laughs> You know what I mean? Go ahead. I just it. It's wild. They say that thing so much. It's like a. It's like what you talking about, Willis. They <laughs> say it 
so much. It's like, it's just like a saying in a sitcom. Like, like I expect this canned studio audience to like applaud. It doesn't make any sense. Black chiclet on back scenes. I almost, I almost choked. <laughs> but like, that's what it feels like, right? Because it's always at some, the end of some craziness. It's always like some craziness has happened, and they're like, "Love always you, babe. Always have been. Always will always be. Will be. And, it's like, and it's so <laughs> meaningless. It is so meaningless. It's like a dude. I literally just saw a man violate my wife, kick me over <laughs> and over, try to kill me, and not only he burned this, my dog on a grill. He burned my dog on the grill. He threatened my children. Later, I found out he was a literal serial killer. He was a literal <laughs> serial killer. And I'm just saying this catchphrase with all these ex- exclamation points in it. Always has been. Always, always will. Dun, 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 dun. Like, they might as well end <laughs> with, like, an upbeat pop song. I really and, like, struggled with the end of this from Diamond fucking coming at her with the pillow. Like, trying to... I don't even... Tyson. Did we talk about that on the air? She's in the hospital bed and Diamond's just above her with a pillow like she's about to smother and she's never seen again. She sleeps with four people in her entire life. Also true. And they're all... Jason is... You know, we've talked at length at Jason with his issues. Diamond tries to smother her with a pillow. Jason pushes her on the steps and rapes her. Or um, Quentin... Quentin pushes on her in the steps, has unconsensual sex with her, and later turns out to be a serial killer. Serial killer. Um, Tyson fucking chokes her and then, yes. like, rapes her over the, like, in the, within two minutes of meeting her. Like, she meets awful people over and over and over and over and over again. She, and, she does have a line about that. What's that? About, like, um, hold on, I gotta find it. Sorry. Cause I was like, I remember I highlighted it and I was like, Maybe here it's on my Goodreads. It's something like I begin to wonder if the old saying "You are what you attract" was just written specifically for me. Maybe I was the maniac, and all the others were just following my lead. And I was like, <sighs> maybe they are Zoe. I don't know Zoe. She, she points that out that she's surrounded by crazy people. Because it's like it's like every single person she meets is not only trying to kill her but trying to destroy her emotionally in this book except for marcella spencer who's just also really bad at her job it's just very bad at her job even even the fucking secretary who she hates gets the detective says she gets gutted like a pig can you imagine a professional coming to you and saying your co-worker was gutted by like a pig why like is he a, even telling her that detail? why is he telling her that it's, and everyone's so unprofessional and in this Zane universe. admits that this is not the way that a detective or a police officer should be speaking because earlier with the 87 stab moves, he's like, I shouldn't <laughs> be talking to you like this. I'm sorry, we're breaking down completely, but it's like the end of this book is so rushed and it is, it is. so insane that you have it's no, a whole separate book. You have no time to process what happens. You have no time. Well, and then and then the very end, there's a very short epilogue where we learn it's just again casually drawn, thrown out. Quentin was uh, a serial Quentin killer. Has, Quentin has like 15 bodies. He had on his 15. Property. He had 15. He had 15 bodies buried at the train yard where they had sex. 15. 
two words. His mom. His no, no not his, his mom. His stepmother, stepmom. his father, his sister, his brother, and all the rest were young women. And it's kind of like I need a whole, I need a whole book to explain what the fuck That's happened a book. here. I slept with the serial killer is a premise of an entirely separate book. A whole series of books. Girl, <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, and it's literally, I might be able to find it. I might be able to find it. They found more than a dozen bodies buried in a shallow, buried in shallow graves in the train yard where Quentin painted his first mural. Remember, that's mural when he painted when he was 11. In the train yard where Quentin painted his first mural, the mural of his of the perfect family he wished he had, along with Tyson and Diamond, so the other two lovers. Oh, I didn't even realize she was in there. But yeah, oh yeah, he did say he admitted because, he killed like, Tyson. But I didn't forget about no, Diamond. Like she's so worried about uh, Zoe coming off as gay. Like no part of Diamond's story is like written in it's this told. book. Yeah. Diamond fucking dies, and we don't hear about it until this. Along with she's such an afterthought. She's such an afterthought. So Along with Tyson and Diamond, they also identified the bodies of Quentin's brother and sister using dental records, which is fucked up. They obtained from the court order from court order. Again, that's more details we need. Just we we got the dental records. Do we need to know that the court? <laughs> like I would presume so. Do we need to know that the court gave you permission to get the dental records to compare them to these bodies you found? I assume that's just how it works. Two additional bodies were believed to be those of his father and stepmother. Quentin admitted to killing them on the one year anniversary anniversary of his mother's suicide. Quentin is permanently confined in the criminally insane ward of St. Elizabeth's Hospital. They are trying to get him to reveal the identities of the other victims, but he refuses. However, all their remaining victims are believed to be, uh, to have been young females. That is a whole book proposal. That is, And a, that's how the book ends that entire thread. That's the last. That is the last. And them. then we hear like Zoe, she's like, I'm in sex ads. I love my husband. I suck his dick all the time. That's fucking. Oh, the next it. line. The next line is, "My name is Zoe, and I'm addicted to sex!" Exclamation point. Like that's it, and the rest is her making. Like it's an it, icebreaker. The rest of it is making making it fucking cool with her husband that her husband is cool. Yeah. Still into yeah. her as kind of like, you fuck this guy who killed fifteen people, and he won't nothing matters. Say, he won't even say who some of these girls are. This is fucked up. Nothing, nothing matters in this universe. The nothing last sentence matters. of this book, to show you how just out of touch it is, the last sentence of the book is, oh, she does talk about how she's taking, she and the doctor have plans to get dinner and a play, just like she and Brina Girl. used to do. But the last Brina sentence of the book Brett is- who was stabbed 85, 87 <laughs> times. By a man I pulled a switchblade on. Um she says, Jason reached out for my hand and we headed into the hospital. We headed out of the hospital exit on our way to rebuild our lives together as free of chaos and lies. Because no, that's there are a lot of chaos still in your life. There is, you need, you need extensive therapy. Again, this is my rose quartz because again, a few times like through, during this book, I was like, oh my God, I need to like have like something in my hand to keep from being like so anxious because... This book was fucked up. It's just, it's just bad. 
It's just, and like the more we talked about it, just I think that's why it's so long because I needed to be debriefed. Right. The more we talked about it, the more I realized how much I hated it and how terrible it was. And like, I tried to write a review on Goodreads and I realized if I wrote a review on Goodreads, it would be 20 pages long because there's just that much. I had to stop. Yeah. Like there's just. You can see all my notes though. I can't. I've had your notes open this entire time. (laughs) Because you highlighted a lot of the things. And I would just be like writing in the margins like a line. It's just. It's just. There's just so much. Like we could probably build an entire podcast around this book. A chapter. Oh my gosh. We did like a chapter. A chapter. An episode. An episode. We could have a year. NPR would be like knocking at our door saying, look who we give you money. That's some great content right there. We need to get on that train. I do want to ask you. Uh So I think it's obviously we don't recommend it. Yeah. Do you recommend it? I I don't recommend it. I feel like as like a piece, again, I'm going to that dual piece. Like I know that people read this in my life. I know that it was an important book to them, that Zane was an important writer to them. But then at the in 2019, can I recommend this book? And can I be like, oh, you're going to feel fine after reading this. Oh, you feel like an emotional fucking wreck. <laughs> and you'll need to talk to, like, one of your friends, like, for three fucking hours about this, like, 300-page book. And no. So I'm like, is this a book in our in our lexicon, in, like, Black American literature where we should be like we need to talk about zane yeah we need to figure out because a lot of people read this can i say like if you're coming like you know straight out the bat and like the total like when ai is like skipping through the universe like you know post-human or whatever and you're like learning about black people should i read this no probably not but if you are a black woman like trying to figure out in 2019, what the fuck is going on? Should I say skip over Zane because she's unimportant? No, because a lot of fucking people I know read this and like passed this around and said that this shit was important to them. But as me, Molly, 2019, married fucking woman for like six goddamn months, should I say like this, this had a profound, this aroused me, this made sense to me, this was important to me? no. This book was like upsetting and weird and I cannot understand. So like it 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 out of all the books we've read so far, like this confounds me, Daniel. This completely <laughs> confounds me. I do not have any idea where to put this book. I have no idea. I'm nowhere near as conflicted as you uh-huh. are. I say no one needs to read it. I don't think anyone needed to read it in 98. I don't think you need to read it now. I think you can understand black female sexuality. Uh-huh. She wasn't the only one. And this wasn't her only book. I can't True. say for her other books. There are lots of other people writing. I, I have a resounding, very easy no. And mm-hmm. I think, again, it's that difference in where it was when we were growing up. And I just didn't see it. And I was perfectly fine not seeing it. Like, it didn't. There were other books that were going around. Zane was not it. And I'm perfectly, perfectly fine saying, uh-huh. you don't need to read this book at all. Like, 2019, it, life has been hard enough. Twenty, Don't. Uh-huh. Just make your 2019 better and don't read it. Uh-huh. How? Another question I want to ask. We did this last episode, I think last book, and I liked it. So I added it. What did you learn 
reading this. I don't know if I learned anything <laughs> reading this. I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, I'm so confounded by this book, Danielle. I'm like, I learned. Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't have don't have adulterous affairs, and if you do, run a background check. <laughs> That's what I got out of this. Right, girl. That's the only useful information I got. Out don't of this. list yourself publicly in the white pages. Exactly. That's it. Yes. Give fake names. Give to fake your names club hookups. to your club hookups. If you walk into a club and you see a silverback gorilla <laughs> and some walk raccoons the there, leave. Leave. So yeah. there's no reason for That's you to be there. I learned. I think. I think it's funny that we have this different like view of it and you seem to be a much more passionate not passionate but a bigger defender i'm just like i think i think if i hadn't if literally if literally i hadn't had a friend who was like zine zine i stole this i stole this from my mom like in middle school and people passing it around because she said what was it fly girl i don't know shit about that i don't know who wrote that so if we were talking (laughs) about that then it might be like oh yeah i don't know so I think that might be the table's turn, but like, yes. I'm, I don't ever want to like read a book and be like, this is trash. The, ba- the ideas in this are bad. These are bad ideas, even though it's like things that were, that happened in this book could be hurtful and harmful to people that I know and love. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like some of mm-hmm. the ideas in this book are just harmful or like straight yes. up harmful. But at the same time, it's like I had people in my life who read this book and were saying for whatever reason, again, because I haven't asked them, but we're saying like this is a book that I passed on to my friends that I told them to read. So it's like it's hard for me to like completely dismiss the relationship that they have with this book because it's not Mm -hmm. the relationship that I'm having and I don't know that I could have this relationship with my husband, with sex, with whatever, like talking about these like blue alien books, these romance books, unless they went through this shit with Zane. You see what I'm saying? I guess I guess because I didn't. Uh-huh. And I found other ways, I guess, because she's I don't know. I guess for me, she was never even that big of a name uh-huh. in urban fiction that I feel like, oh, well, it would have done just all those things would have happened just fine without her. So I do want to say I read her bio on Wikipedia uh-huh. and like it says she started writing erotic novels after putting her children to bed to pass the time. And I misread it the first time and, said, <laughs> and thought she had started writing erotic novels to read to her children. I was like, oh, that? No. No, I was like no, what? No. This is such a problem. So, so I guess this is probably like my Zane lesson because I did not know much about her before this. So yeah, and I again, it was just like I rem- I I have visceral memory memories. Yeah, class three hundred two, and a girl brought it in, and we were all standing in the front of the classroom, and she was like passing it around. She's like, everyone has to be this, and I was like, I'm yeah. super not ready for this. I'm eleven. <laughs> I'm super duper not ready for this. You could have painted a mural. I could have. I could have painted a mural, girl. I could have painted a mural. I'm sorry. Every time I think, I remember some, this book is gonna haunt me for the rest, for the, maybe of my life. I'm gonna be thinking. I'm. I'll get married. I'll. You will eat buy a couch. Tash. I will buy a couch. 
I, I will look at the stars. I'll see a weather person, and, and I will think <laughs> back. Don't even talk about that to line. Zane addicted. You will think back we to didn't. Zane addicted, and that's why I can't like totally write this book off because this book. I'm gonna be thinking about this book for a very. <laughs> I'm gonna be thinking about this stupid ass book <laughs> where this girl said hellified sex like so many times. thirteen thousand times, and I'm gonna be thinking about it for a very long time. And it's like that's why I can't completely dismiss this like. This could be us, but she playing. I was kind of like, okay, well, I kind of, I bought the second one, but I was, it was more because I just wanted to see what happened because I just, <laughs> I hate a cliffhanger or even yes. like, um, coldest winter ever. I read that as, I read that as a kid. I was kind of like, okay, that's cool. I felt no desire to read anything else, but this book in particular, I was like, this is going to stick in my craw. This is going to be like, <sighs> I just, what the fuck? It's just it's like a fuck? car accident. It's, it's like I got to look at it from different angles. I got to figure like, this shit out. How did the steering wheel end up over there? How did the tire end up in that tree? What happened? What the fuck was up with these raccoons in a club? <laughs> I just, and I think because, I just, I, it just. I feel, if we keep going, I feel like we're just going to so keep much saying, of it seems we've so familiar. It, yes. yes. I don't want to like poo poo like a whole genre because I don't believe in like genre snobbery, uh-huh. but it, I can definitely say urban fiction is not for me. I get nothing out of it. I don't get, I try to understand what people get out of it, but I don't get it. I will say, like, Sister Soldier, I kind of got because I feel like she was trying to say something and she was trying to say it in a way that'd be approachable to the people who are reading it. This could be us, what we're playing. That offended me as a professional reader and, and writer. You know what? It was just so bad. People are going to hate me for this, but that's how I kind of feel about romance. Like, that's I why, don't. Like, that's why, yeah. Yeah, I don't get a lot from romance, but I can, like, step back and see, like, I can understand, like, the tropes. I can understand the rules. I can understand, like, even when you, like, set your rules of romance, I was like. What makes a good one? Yes. I was like, I get this. I can get why this can be a difficult genre for people to write in. I can get why people can get really into this. So I feel like that's mm-hmm. how I feel about, like, urban lit, too. It's like, I can get why yeah. people are like this or why people enjoy this or if people, like, yeah. are writing in this and can become good at this. But it's like mm-hmm. it's it's not for me. So that's how I felt kind it's of like for, me. for romance and urban lit. So yeah, I was just saying like any genre, I feel like any person could be like, I don't understand sci-fi. I don't understand fantasy. I don't understand poetry. I don't understand like um uh romance. I don't understand erotica. But it's like, you know, if people are finding importance or if they're finding like like if they're exploring these ideas, like it's saying I don't understand is not synonymous with saying like this is not important because it's like if you don't understand something, that doesn't mean that it's not important to somebody. So it would be disingenuous of us to like completely write off urban lit because this is yeah. something like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's black female literature. And for us to be like, yeah. it's not, it's not this, or it's not that, or it's so because I kind of see sometimes like some authors who focus on black mm-hmm. female writing, they don't want to do genre, and I think that in our second year, our second to third year, we really explicitly said that we want to focus 
well, not focused, but we want to make sure that we're covering like the breadth. Yes, not all of literary what, fiction or yeah, exactly. Or book, like a lot of book club podcasts will do mostly literary fiction. I feel, mm-hmm. and it's like it's just like we're writing so many things, and to just say literary or whatever the fuck people are listening to or writing about in your time or yeah. whatever our other literary enemy. It would just be bougie. <laughs> it would just be bougie and it wouldn't be us. Yeah. It wouldn't be Molly and Danielle talking in Stafford Hall right. with no one else listening without <laughs> all these, you know what I mean? Yes. It wouldn't be us. Yeah. So I'm glad that we take the time to focus on this because I feel like it is it is a part of our cultural heritage to talk about erotica also even if it makes us feel weird we gotta do a i feel like we gotta do a real one i feel like this was not the best example at some point <laughs> yeah something where no one i mean if you have one where yes yeah, I, I, non-problematic if you have one totally suggested to yes. us because we are completely open we are just we'll read anything really we're two right we're two chuckleheads <laughs> We are extremely tipsy at this point, yes. so it's, it's two a.m. almost. It's two a.m. There, it's like yeah, it's midnight yeah. here. So yeah, wrap this up. Let us wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Okay. So, um, thank you for joining. We usually say what we read. Um, uh huh. I mean, I can just say I'm reading. Go ahead. The Cooking Gene: A Journey Through African American Culinary History in the Old South. <sighs> it's mm. been. <laughs> that was a noise. No, I heard I I saw that book and I wanted to buy it, yes. but I didn't buy it. I got it, and then on Thanksgiving it was on the Daily Deal for Audible, and I bought the Audible. Not a great Audible. <sighs> oh, not a great. Yeah. It's he narrates it himself. He's not an actor. Eh, yeah, his. I feel like I saw him on YouTube. Yeah, he has a weird like. I feel like when you're probably when he's speaking, he's probably fine. But when you are reading a work and you are not a professional performer, like his cadence, it's fucking hard to read. Yeah, his cadence is weird. Like I can't keep my mind on it. I always have to go back and rewind because he has awkward breaks. He mispronounces some things. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not a good listen. So I'm going to try and read it because listening to it is the most frustrating experience I've had in a long time. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. And then I got a advanced reader copy of the, Third book in the romance novels you have read for by Alyssa Cole, the one that you hoped had a train. Oh. I'll let you know if there's a train. Please let me know if there's a train where they say blanket from a train. I'll let you know. I want to say, look at yo getting advanced reader coffee is a monster. So it was on NetGalley, and I like applied, and I was shocked as everybody else when I got approved. I was like, "Oh my god!" I haven't been so, on yeah. NetGalley in forever since so they they were like the very first people to reach out to us to be like black chocolate, and then um, we like filled out the whole thing, and then I don't yeah. think they ever published our answers. We gotta find it. We shouldn't report that on the air. We gotta find it. Okay. We should find it. What are you? What are you reading, Molly? Okay, so um, I meant to say at the start of this because I've been coughing like a fucking like fiend the whole time. I'll cut a lot of them out. I had like a really bad virus. It wasn't quite the flu, but I had like bad, like low body temperature, cough, all this stuff. And so I was like, I just need something to read. And so I read like, so at the start of the break, so I've been sick for about three weeks now. 
at the start of the break, we went, before I started feeling bad, we went to see Into the Spider-Verse. I loved it. I checked out two of the Miles Morales books. Mm -hmm. So I want to say for like the fucking record, in the summer, in the summer, Danielle, like August, like um, whatever month, July, August, July, August, we saw a standee in our theater of um, Into the Spider-Verse. And I was like, what is that? What is that, Frank? Like, that looks really good. I love Spider-Man. I like, I've heard about this My- Miles Morales. This looks really good. This looks really good to me. And so he was saying, and every other person, he's like, he writes for like a movie um, uh, review site. Mm-hmm. And so like everyone, he's like kind of clued into that scene. He was like, everyone was like, I don't like this. This looks janky. I don't, janky. This, I don't understand who Miles Morales is. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. And I just want to say this for the record, for like, you know, forever, for prosperity. I want to say that from the second I saw this standee in the summer, I was like, that's going to be a good movie. And so we finally saw it. <laughs> like, I called it. I was I like, I, I, I want everyone on this planet to know that I called this movie was going to be good. And so we went to see it and everyone was like, I like the whole time I was like, because so my husband, um, he's mixed, but he's Mexican and so I'm black and also mixed. But I was like, oh my God, like a Latino and black, like superhero. This is so cute. I totally love this. They're thinking about having kids, like all this stuff. I was like, oh, it like really like touched my heart. And so I was like, okay, this is so cute. This is so wonderful. And now everyone's saying, this is so great. This deserves all the Oscar noms. Da, 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 da. And who, and this is the refrain, who could have thought that this movie would have been so good? And I was like, me, you motherfuckers. <laughs> me, from the second I saw this Danny. So when we saw it, when I came home, I was like so hype. I was like, I want to go back and read like all the fucking Spider-Man that I can. So I've been reading so many fucking Spider-Man comics trying to like lead up to Miles Morales. So I started like way the fuck back and I've read through maybe brand new day now. Like after, yeah, it was like one more day where he like tries to save like Aunt May. And then it was like, um, fucking Civil War where he does all this shit. And then it's like they rebooted it. I think in the early 2000s, um, mid-2000s with Brand New Day. And so I've been reading, that's how far I am. And it's like fucking, it's great. I really like it. Harry has waves for some reason and is dating like this black girl. Um, So Harry is like the green goblin, hobgoblin. He's like his best friend or whatever, but he's a white guy. He's dating like a black girl with a blonde weave and like hair has <laughs> weaves, has waves, and it's like totally destroying my mind. But like, so that's that's what I've been reading. Just a lot, a lot, a lot of Spider-Man to like catch up. Cause I I kept saying, like, I want to read Miles Morales. So I read the very first one that the guy wrote. And I was like, well, there's stuff that the, in this that I'm not following. So I went back. I was like, there's stuff in this that I'm not following. So I went back. I was like, well, there's plot points in this that I'm not following, so I went back. So that's how I ended up, like, way, like, 1990s Spider-Man. Oh, wow. And I've just been reading since then. That's awesome. So that's what I've been reading. It almost inspired me to read, like, the Gwen Stacy stuff, or Spider-Gwen, whatever that uh, Spider is. Spider-Gwen. I just got... 
the Miles Morales one that I found on Hoopla. I don't even know where it fits in the canon, but I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to read it. <laughs> so you are a much more committed comic book. No, it's just am. because I was so sick that I couldn't focus on anything. So Aww. I was like, let me let me get my like this old ass iPad out and like. Like, yeah, Marvel, like, what is it? Marvel Unlimited had, like, uh, one week free deal. I was like, let me look at this and try to read. Literally, I was on the couch. I couldn't do anything. And I was like, let me try to read as much as I can. But I did. I did pay for it for a, um, (laughs) it was like a year for, like, half price. And it was like, the code was miles. I was like, fine. I sent my little... Like, you got me. My cousin's little boy, she said oh. that he, you know, he was in, he was in the um, flower boy. Or, the wedding? No, the flower boy. But you call him a flower boy? He was a ring bearer, ring security for the wedding. Didn't we call him flower boys in the episode, like, when we were talking about it? We might oh, have. Oh, no, that was the... We called him the... Because the, I keep the, thinking uh, of that album. The man of honor. I keep thinking of that album, Flower Boy. Um, but I guess she like he really liked Spider-Man and then he got really scared when he saw Spider-Man 3 because he saw the black he saw Venom and he said to his mom my cousin he was like can you take my Spider-Man nightlight out of my room because it was scary so I said right (laughs) I sent him like a bunch of like Miles Morales stuff for for Christmas yeah it's been a whole thing, and we played like the the video game while it was sick over the. We didn't go anywhere over the break. I've been in my house for like two straight weeks, so this is why I've I have this sudden affection for Spider Man because I got Venom on Redbox and I was gonna read it after we were done recording. I listened to the <laughs> We Hate movies because you have me on that podcast now. Venom. I love that podcast. They did a Venom episode. I was like, I gotta watch uh-huh. it before I listen. So I had gotten it. I was gonna watch it tonight, but I was like, "Well, that'll be a tomorrow thing." No, because it's 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 twelve. It's midnight here. It's two. so it's been two here. So we've been so, going a long ass time, and yeah. I want to make sure that you don't die of exhaustion. Okay, so we can wrap it up. Our bonus episode question. I think our next episode is about resolutions. Mm-hmm. I have some ones I'm excited to share. So if you have any book reading or book related, doesn't have to be related to reading book-related resolutions, you can share them with us at Black Chick Lit. Mm-hmm. On Twitter at Black Chick Lit. I've got to rewrite this. It's written backwards. You can share with us on Twitter at Black Chick Lit. Um, on Instagram, I've tried to start posting there again at BCL Podcast. Mm-hmm. And you can also email us at... I'm reading this wrong on our thing. That's mm-hmm. fine. You can also email us at contact at blackchicklit.com. Yeah. Um, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play. I also noticed like fucking uh, Kenja has a thing now and we're on that shit too. Anywhere, anywhere you see podcast, like just say Black Chicklet and we will you know, benefit from this. I, like I said in the last episode, we got one, one star review and you know what? That's fine too. Like if you hate us, if you're like, this shit was too long, that's fine. But it's like anywhere you see us rate, review, subscribe to us. And that helps other people find us. If it might not be your cup of tea, that's cool. But for somebody like it, we might we might be the ones we might be insightful we might be like 
helpful. So rate, review, subscribe, tell people about us, and that we're indie. Daniel edits these. <laughs> like, we are as indie as it fucking gets. <laughs> like, I know. I'm terrified of editing this one. Already, <laughs> this is going to so. be an interesting one. But any, yeah. any, we really, we really thrive because you guys have been reaching out to us. I guess people didn't know that we've been responding to their their Twitter inquiries. Not, well, because I used to tag, I usually uh-huh. tag people. So I try to let them know. I'm like, when I do the episode, I'll say thanks. And then it just depends on how lazy I'm feeling. Yeah. So, you know, we, we so, love yeah. feedback. Um, you know, we want to talk about it. So just... You know, if you want to say anything to us a couple times during this episode, we said, like, reach out to us. And we we, we do read it. We are not um, big fancy people who can just, like, ignore whatever. We read our feedback and we take it into account. And we're always trying to improve ourselves. So let us know. Engage with us. We're very open to it. <laughs> and we like attention. We like you guys. That's why we did this. Yes. So... Um, and finally, we want to thank Sweet 45 for our theme, Jonesin. You can find them on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash sweet45. And I think that does it for our longest ever episode. I hope we never top this one. I'm so sleepy. But you know what? I'm this like is a, probably going loony at some point. This was a good episode, I feel. What well, I don't it know. Was. I don't know. We'll, we'll see if it is. I think it was. I think it was I an interesting episode. I think that there was yeah. just... There was a fucking lot to talk about in this book. And we might have gotten too in the weeds, but I feel like we had to. We had to. There was no other way to talk about it. And you know and that's it, why we'll split it up. Yeah. So we don't overwhelm you, but it had to happen. It had to happen. That book just hurt me. It, you know. So next, for our bonus episode in January, very easy. <laughs> Send us your resolutions. That one will Send us try our book resolutions. We've already got, yes. you put that, let Excellent ex- um, question about Goodreads. We oh, might yes, just pull from them. <laughs> Are you going to let it stress you out? I've already, I put 50. So, But we'll get into that next we'll week. We'll get into it next so, week. So all right. thank you. Bye, we guys. love you. And goodbye, guys. We're going to go to bed and sleep off some of this alcohol Gatorade mixture. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sleepy. Bye. <laughs> Bye.